I love the Apple iPhone, and I understand I'm an old man now compared to, like, generations that, you know, the younger generation as far as, like, when I was 20, I looked at 36-year-olds, like, that fucking geezer doesn't know shit, <laughs> right? Doesn't know anything about anything with technology. Fact. So I'm like, oh, I really like my iPhone. It's probably shitty, but whatever. The one thing I hate is when you hit the low battery mark and it instantly just starts killing your screen if you don't touch it every 10 seconds. Yeah. Even if you've charged it like up to 70%, you know what? You haven't hit that 80% mark where we're going to shut it off. So it's going to just keep doing it over and over and over. And it really grinds my gears. That's why I don't do auto. I just put it on myself if I need it. That way I just shut it off. Yeah, I have mine as I may have mentioned in the past to go on automatically at 20%. Mine does that, and then it just doesn't turn off. And so you should be able to select when it goes on and off, but... Yeah, it's in your settings. It'll tell you, like, you can set the percentage that it'll turn off again. Uh, mine is low power mode. Uh, it turns on, I think it says it. Click it. No, right here where it says auto lock. See? Welcome to Tech Corner with the Challenge Fandom Podcast. See? Auto lock, click never. It'll it won't shut off. On no, you. but I do like that because it does save your battery if you're low and you're. Yeah. Just... I have it after a minute, I, and I'll probably change that now that I know that exact setting. I should probably do more research on this, but fuck that shit. I just hate. I I worked at Verizon for like a year, and it's just like someone comes in and they're locked out of their Android, and Gmail's like, "Oh, you forgot your password? No big deal." But Apple ID. Is like you got to give your firstborn a blood sample. <laughs> oh fuck! It's yeah. a hassle. I don't even use Apple like ID. I, I'm like my Apple ID is set up with my Gmail account. That, I don't know how it happened. That's because but... you're a former Android user. Yeah, I know. You were grandfathered in. Speaking of which, I spoke so much shit on her when she had an Android. So much shit. You did. I still have it all too. I also still have that video of you and Miles fucking That's drunk awesome. singing in the back of the car. What, <laughs> you what? guys were singing. Uh, what's his that stupid shit? I hate. That's a lot of stuff. No, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that stupid ass shit I hate with Jack Black. Oh, Tenacious D. Oh, yeah, Tenacious D. That's blasphemous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Excuse you. That, we were we were fucking smashed. Were smashed. We went to the Raiders football game when they were playing the Falcons, and I was like uncontrollable hiccups in the third quarter, <laughs> like where they just wouldn't stop. <laughs> um, and somehow they stopped for like twenty minutes in the car, so me and him could belt out. I want to fuck you gently yeah. by Tenacious <laughs> D and she recorded it all. It was beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, my point was, and we were actually, Rick and I were talking about this the other night. Have you guys seen that new, um, that new Samsung phone that like folds in half down the center? Yeah. Like, did we already not go through this phase and realize that that doesn't work very well for very long? Like, what? <laughs> I, I almost got it with my last phone, but it's a pretty heavy crease in the middle. Like, it's noticeable when you have it open. I didn't yeah. like that at all. I did think the one that they had that open more like a book was a better idea. I think that was Google or something that did that, didn't they? Like the notebook? No, it was a Samsung, uh, one oh. of the guys I worked with. No, that was with Ryan Gosling and uh, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Oh, Rachel McAdams. What do you want? <laughs> no. What do you want? Um... <laughs> I think until we get to the point where it's like Minority Report, where it's just like a single piece of like plexiglass, you know, that you can <laughs> fold up. Like, I don't want it. Like, I, just, I this is good. good until then. <laughs> I want plexiglass. You know, that's what I want. My God. 
I'm fucking picky. I want my fucking. Where's my fucking jetpack? It's 2023. What we the were, right? What the fuck? We is were this? promised this shit back in like '92. Like hoverboards and shit. Yeah. What the fuck? I just want my headphone jack back. Like I have Bluetooth headphones now, <laughs> but I don't like being forced to get them. <laughs> yep. I uh, I used to. I always used to have those um, the Mophie juice pack phone cases that oh, like, yeah. had an had a full charge. Yeah. But when they came out, it was like probably two or three iPhones ago. They the new juice box case took over the only port on your phone oh, and yeah. didn't have a secondary port on the case itself. Because that's yeah. what it used to have is it used to like take up your port, but then it provided another one. And right. then it just didn't. So it was like, well, most people have Bluetooth uh, headphones. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, so I don't. I'm no longer using your product. That is the one thing I will say that I don't like about these newer yeah. models of the iPhone is that there's no headphone jack. It's just it's the same port as the charger. So like you can't charge your phone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, unless, have, 100%. unless you unless you double dongle in. that shit. Yeah, I guess they do, give you, they do give you that. <laughs> You're <laughs> they do give you that little dongle thing so i guess you know well, <laughs> well i think it's i think it's this is great because i just learned what a dongle was a few weeks ago <laughs> i worked we got these tablets and stuff and the guy was like here's your dongle i was like here's my what <laughs> is it a big dongle or a small <laughs> dongle <laughs> it does the job <laughs> Uh, dude, I got to share share this meme uh, that I good. saw, and it was like, uh, you know, those little door stoppers that we all used to play with when we were kids, when we got in trouble Springs. in Spank. Yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. flicking a boing as a spot on impression, by the way. Yeah, I was transported. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, we all lived the same childhood, just in different homes. Like we all got our ass whooped yeah. or got in trouble at some point, and we're just laying you on the floor. Like Tears on your face, flicking that fucker to piss off your parents. You know, what I, I, mean? I yep. had instant karma one time. I got in trouble. I had to go stand in the corner and I was like, I'll show you. And I brought a bouncy ball with me into the corner and oh. I threw it at the floor and I smoked myself in the face with it within like the first <laughs> bounce. And I was like, fine, I'll just stand here until you tell me I'm done. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So just to share this meme, and I'm going to tell you a story about our middle <laughs> oh child. God. That's great. So it's, uh, it's a meme and it goes sweatpants seasons here, gray sweatpants seasons here, guys, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the next picture underneath it was one of those little like fucking doorstop things, but it was only about that big. And it goes me. I, was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that one to Karina real quick. <laughs> no. All right. So great kid's story. And I saw part of myself when our middle kid did this. Oh God. But he was telling me this story about, at school how they were like messing around and pretending to hit themselves and he was like yeah we were pretending to hit ourselves like this and then one of my friends really hit himself like this and punched himself right in the fucking <laughs> eye like gave himself a shiner and he started crying I was like nah bro you can't cry when you punch your fucking self <laughs> right in the eye it was so I didn't know what to do like like I was laughing my ass off but oh, God. like I, I felt bad for him but that shit was fucking funny so, that was amazing I have like a really like it's a hard time being a parent for me because I find sometimes people getting hurt kind of funny and there was this time <laughs> that's I was, I was like really fucking baked 
and I was sitting, and we had an upstairs downstairs at the time. And Karina went upstairs, I think, to take care of Caleb. Oh, and something about he needed ice water, so they were coming downstairs, and he was fucking around the stairs. And I all of a sudden I hear thump, and I just go, and it goes thump, 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 and I see him fall down the last three, four stairs. And my first initial reaction was. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hear Karina, are you okay? Are you okay? Which is the right response to that situation. <laughs> Instantly felt like an asshole, but it was still hilarious. But it was so- watch the legs go as it was tumbling down. It's like a cartoon. I got a story like that. I was, my dad had a friend over and I kept begging him to play a board game. He's like, all right, go upstairs, get your board game. And I was so excited. So I come running down the stairs, miss a couple stairs and I just eat it all the way down. And my dad was like, <laughs> What the fuck? You're going to lose some pieces. Pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tony, I'm, I know you haven't quite got there yet. You're probably getting close. But have you picked up a saying from your parents that you use with your kids yet? Not yet. I'm sure that there will be some that it's going to happen. And then I'm just going to be like, that's definitely one of them. But yeah. as it stands right now, I can't think of anything. I mean, there's like there would be like an equivalent where if I've repeatedly told Malcolm, like not to do something mm-hmm. and then he does it and to disastrous effects, once I've established that he's okay, I will generally say it's almost like somebody advised you against this. Right. Yeah. Despite the yeah. fact that he's two years old and totally doesn't understand and doesn't understand <laughs> why I told him not to do the thing either. It's just one of those situations where like, you're in the situation and you need to sort of like talk yourself through it. So you just engage in a one-sided conversation with a toddler. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's completely normal. Fair. What about you, Corey? You got one that you, that you pulled from your parents yet? Well, mine is with my dad. I don't even know if my kid registers it the same way, but my dad, like when there was like, he was talking to me and then there was when there was serious shit, he'd always say, listen to me when I tell you. And mm-hmm. I'll just say every time I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, fuck, he's serious right now. Yeah. And I use it on my kid. I don't know if it registers the same way, but when my dad used it, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not smiling. I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> tell me. Just tell me. So um, ha- Luke haven't had that situation yet, but I've caught myself a couple times with Caleb and Tatum because they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first one that really caught me is one my dad always said. Which is like when the kids are doing something and they don't get seriously hurt, but they like, you know, stub their tall te- or s- what the fuck stub their toe like <laughs> on the wall or they slip and fall yeah. or something like that. or Run into a wall. I'd be like, bet you won't do that shit again. <laughs> it's like the initial one right away. And yep. then when they get really pissed, like Caleb pulls this one when he gets really really pissed off he'll he'll be like pull the typical like i don't love you guys anymore you know kind of thing. <laughs> i'm moving out I'm like yeah. all right nine-year-old go ahead and the streets <laughs> in, right yeah. but like my mom used to say this shit to me he'll be like i don't love you guys anymore and it's like you don't have to love us but you got to respect us and i'm like oh fuck i'm turning into my mom Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i tried one time when i was like 10 i was like i'm running away and my dad was like all right and picked me up and brought me outside and i was like well, I need some of my stuff. He's like, oh, you think that's your stuff? No, yeah. that's your stuff. <laughs> I, I paid for that. <laughs> Caleb tried to pull that one one time. He's like, I'm, I don't want to live here. I'm moving out. I'm like, well, fuck, there's the front door, bro. Go ahead. And he started, like, getting the stuff. And I was like, you might as well uh, grab a jacket. It gets cold at night. And I was like, and also, remember, they don't serve dinner out on the streets. <laughs> yeah. And he just looked at me. I was, And he's like, I don't want to go. I'm like, I bet you don't. 
Right. <laughs> one my mom did, and it was so stupid. I don't even know where she got it from, but I use it on my kids when they're little, when they like, you know, like a little thing stub their toe and they start kind of start crying. So you should always tell me, and it worked every time. She would say, say George Washington three times without laughing. And then I would try, mm. and she started making stupid faces and stuff. And I never made it past the first try. But as I got older, I was like, where did she get that from? It worked so flawlessly every time. Huh. That's actually kind of cool. I like that. That is a good one. So I don't know yeah. who you can use, Tony. I don't know. Who's your George Washington? George Washington, probably. <laughs> That's the problem, is we learn all about your crap, but you guys don't learn any of ours. No. Yeah, a little, very minimal. Yeah. No, it's true. We learn more about Mexico than we do about, about Canada. About Canada, yeah, yeah, for sure. And we learn, like... It's weird. I mean, I will never apply the information I have learned about the states, because <laughs> it's, it's right up there with economics in regards to how it impacts my daily life. I'm I'm really glad they taught me how to use a recorder in third grade because when I get really stressed out, uh. I just fucking grab that recorder and <laughs> blow out three blind mice a couple times and I feel great. I mean, it's either that or hot cross buns and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Hot cross buns. <laughs> that was the shit. My mom fucking hated me for a solid four weeks. Fair. <laughs> I graduated from the recorder to the French horn, so... I did not win oh, any favor with my parents. Oh, no. Well, yeah, my, my kid, my oldest, he just started band or whatever it is. And the options, and he ended up getting it. He was, he was stuck on it. But he they showed the options. He's like, I want a violin. I was like, why are they offering violin? Like, we had trumpet, saxophone, <laughs> flute. Like, what is this violin? Where's this coming from? Oh, yeah. Our our kid wanted to go into, like, digital music production. I was like, what? What the fuck? Are you yeah. going to TMCC? Like, are you going to a community college? Sixth, or are you going to middle school? Sixth grade. Sixth grade, and they have digital, yeah, digital music. I'm yeah. like the the classes. What? They have another class. They call it STEM, but it's basically like engineering yeah. for middle school, yeah. where you go build rockets and shit. Well, and not even just that, because like now last they do week, Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, last week they they built a um they built a a solar car, but like two weeks ago they were learning photo they were learning Adobe Photoshop Premiere like all kinds of stuff and I'm like you're gonna put him editing since he like, learns audition fuck yeah he is right <laughs> get yeah. on the kid I mean we learned iMovie in grade twelve yeah exactly what year were you born Tony I was born in eighty eight I don't think yeah. okay so same say, same same generation yeah. I don't know if we learned it with iMovie but yeah we learned take a photo place it on a still like black mat and film it with a camera <laughs> for five <laughs> seconds stop filming it switch the picture yep. make sure it's in the same place film it for you know oh 30 seconds and keep switching then add music it was basically Instagram stories <laughs> yeah but it, the analog version you yeah. know what I my mean? uh my school is like it's a small school like my graduating class was 52 but we um for our tech class in like grades I guess like seven and eight um, we did some of the Lego robotics stuff, but then the tech room had a functioning um, dark room for developing photos. Oh, wow. that's cool. So that's we awesome. actually got to like learn how to properly develop photos um, in like grade seven. That's eight, awesome. Which is pretty badass. But then in like in grade 12, we did film and video and it was like um, JVC camcorders mm -hmm. and iMovie. Yep. <laughs> so the crazy thing is I had a graduating class of 52 as well, but that was here in Reno and we have like high schools with like 3000 people in them. It's just a really low success rate here with education. <laughs> so 
a little stab at the state of Nevada with their fucking 49th ranked education program. I had 500 people in my graduating class, but yeah, I was, I was going to say it's probably about the same. Actually, what I do uh, working on pipelines, we x-ray the welds like you x-ray your body, but it's essentially the same thing like developing a picture. We go in a dark room every day and develop it up just like a picture. It's the same process. Wow. But, yeah, That's it, awesome. It's crazy how that goes from job to job. But my uh, wife just got a teaching job here. She used to teach in Louisiana. She hadn't done it for three years. But the other day she was like, uh, is me giving me my computer yet to like mirror it to the overhead? And I was like, well, you got to bring in an overhead projector on them kids. Right. Like, wheel, wheel it in on the cart. <laughs> yeah. Get it. <laughs> Real quick on that same subject. Was it not the best days when you walked in and the fucking cart with the old school TV was strapped on yeah. the top? Yeah, dude, you knew oh that was the and, fucking business. And then that was gonna you, be the best day. Now you get older and you realize the teacher was just hungover. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us again at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We've got another episode of Trout. Uh, shit. It's not going to be a one. It's not going to be a one take night. Are you sure <laughs> we can use that one? It seemed pretty good. I liked it. Let's, I think it was perfect. Let's roll with it. It's like, never mind. <laughs> hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We've got another episode of the Challenge. Jesus. He's in his head now. I just turned into Matt Ryan. <laughs> 28-3, At least you did it the same way twice. Yeah, I know. Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Maybe, it's key. Maybe that's, maybe that second bong rip wasn't really necessary. Probably not. All oh, right. That's great. Might as well keep this in here so they can fill our pain. <laughs> oh, I'm the keeping it all oh, in. Yeah, the awkward, just everybody like, Jesus oh, Christ, Ricky. God. Moment of silence. Get it together. For stutter yeah. over there. All right. <laughs> Mice of men, mice of men, many, many <laughs> mice. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We've got another episode of Trash Talk Roundtable, uh, where we're going to be going over episode one of the Challenge 38, Rider Dies. <laughs> Cue the explosions. Decided to skip the challenge part that time. Fuck them. <laughs> So you've got myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, Corey, our raging Cajun Viator, and then Tony, Stats and Info Lance. We're going to be keeping this lively. I'm going to try to do my best Josh Chambers impression. <laughs> Corey Lake, Corey Lake, St. Louis Blues. Let's go. Kansas City. Anyways, guys. Um, so I don't know about you, just real quick before we really dive into this recap. Mm -hmm. I was hyped going into this. And I feel like the first episode, for the most part, delivered. Like, yes. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed people that I typically don't like. Yeah. I dislike people that I usually dislike. I dislike them more. <laughs> people I loved, I tend to love a little bit more. The rookies were a good addition. Um, we had some un uh, some unforeseen things happen that I didn't expect. Yeah. Especially with us just doing the recap last week. What was your guys' like just 30,000 foot view? What did you guys think of everything? Why are we always so high? It's always a 30,000 foot view. <laughs> Darrell would never come on our podcast. <laughs> well, that's partly the reason he won't. Um, it's a term I use to, at work. We're going to have to bring it down a little bit. <laughs> no. So about the, about the 5,000 foot view. Okay, cool. That? That's better. I feel safer. 
Um, there, it was, there's a lot of conversation. Like I, I didn't notice it as much watching it on Wednesday as I did rewatching it tonight to make notes because yeah. there were like large chunks of the episode where I was like playing a game on my iPad because I was still listening, but there's nothing to really take notes on because it was literally just like Raven and Nelson talking or Tori and and Casey talking like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it it wasn't that the conversations were unnecessary. Like it made the episode flow and watching the episode, it was great, but trying to recap it, there's just like, there's nothing like there, there was not much, um, I guess, context to actually add to the recap because everybody is quite literally just saying, Hey, how are you for like 20 minutes? Um, but as, as far as the daily, like I liked the daily, I liked the twists. Um, I liked the twists within the zone, within the elimination portion of yeah. this. I'm being very clear of the twists that I liked. And that is those yeah. twists there, right there, not following. <laughs> not the ones after. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, but we'll get into it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, was it Steve Martin and the jerk? You could win from right here to right <laughs> here, but not above here and not below here. So this little area is your prize zone. It's like a shot glass and an ashtray. There you go. I will also say, I will just say, I want Devin on every season and possibly every show just to run commentary. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a given right there. I mean, I really liked the first episode. Uh, you know, I thought it was a good ease into the season daily. You know, had an unexpected winner and they ruffled some feathers, kind of, and sent in a team that kind of ruffled feathers. <laughs> but I think the twist in there with the, I think that was fantastic. And then the twist inside of the twist, which, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a really good episode, really good first episode, which, I can't think of any recent seasons where the first episode, I was just like, man, this is, you know, out the gate. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And then the team that went into elimination against who the team voted, I was just like, oh, shit. Right now, right here, right now, you know, it's just. Yeah. Did not expect that at all. Yeah. 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 What do you think, babe? No, I, I agree. I think it was a great episode. And, you know, kind of like you were saying, Corey, and I've actually seen this a lot in the fan groups and, you know, in comments on Instagram and such is that. I can't remember liking a first episode this much since like, like War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds 2. So I really enjoyed this. Um, the, and we got so much out of it. Like we got, there was so much humor. It was entertaining. You know, we had, like you guys said, the, you know, the, uh, the surprise at the, with the daily winners, you know, it's strategy, politics, like there was just, we got a little bit of everything in this episode and I, I really enjoyed it and I'm actually really excited to talk about it. So you ready to get going or do you have anything else you wanted to add? Turbo's a fucking dick. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that actually kicks off the episode pretty much. <laughs> we, uh, we start out on the yacht that everybody's out on like this big old yacht. I'm sure it was like a day trip or something that they did. But anyway, so they're out there and I actually there were a couple of moments in this whole yacht scene that I thought was really funny. The first one that really stuck out to me was Annalise and Tommy like first confessional right out the gate. And they're like talking about how, you know, much they like how they know each other and everything. And they both like start crying in their confessional and shit. And I was just like, 
Okay, like this is, hopefully this is not like a sign of how sensitive they're going to be about their relationship inside the house because people will take advantage of that shit super quick. The one I really liked as far as all the little conversations was the intro. And I know I don't like this guy typically, Mm -hmm. but this conversation was good, was between Mariah and Fessy. Yeah. Where um, I think she goes, uh, she's talking about Fessy and she goes, you know, he's never won the challenge and he goes, well, why have I never won the challenge? Well, Fessy can be a little cocky. And he goes, have you met Turbo? And I fucking, <laughs> that what got me. I was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. It's fair, but yeah. still. Yeah. Confessional Fessy. Confessy is what I'm going with for this season. <laughs> I like that. Um, that's hot. Is much more enjoyable than in past seasons. Um, however, I'm still salty about the whole Danny Twitter thing. So I haven't totally forgiven him about that. So I've, yeah. I, I know last season I had said I'm going in completely neutral on Fessy this season, but then he like screwed it up for himself like a week before this season started um, yeah. by going after Danny and then Kiki. So come on. Um, yeah, bro. What? But I'm still trying because he is much more amusing in confessionals. He's still grading in the house. I will give you that. He does have good confessionals. And one thing that I'm noticing so far, and you know, I'm sure I'll probably say this a hundred times throughout the episode, but I'm noticing that some of the people that I don't typically like, I like them so far on this. And I think it has to do with the fact that they have people there that they care about. So you're seeing yes. a different side of them. You know, I like Fessy with Mariah is kind of where I'm sitting right now. Like, not even that I like him, but like, I'm okay with him right now. I'm still upset about the Danny thing, but something else that jumped out at me about this opening part of the, the season was, and I have to talk about this because we kind of slammed this pair up last episode. And that is Jay and Michelle. And I was unaware that they were actually in casting for survivor together and that they were like, interested in each other and flirting and blah 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 and it just didn't end up going anywhere and obviously they didn't end up on the same season together for whatever reason but I thought that that was really interesting and like said I wanted to acknowledge it because (laughs) we kind of slammed that that team last week and uh I take it back (laughs) right um you know what honestly um they were one of uh one of the highlights of the episode for me uh, I think their confessionals were really good throughout. They're golden. Yeah. I like them together. But I think probably the biggest part of this intro is the interaction we get between Laurel, uh, Laurel and Laurel. Turbo. Oh, it's more so like Turbo and Turbo <laughs> and Laurel just happens to be present. I know. This was so weird. Yeah, he's so he's feisty. <laughs> All over a whole the whole theme was about the fact that he was standing behind Laurel and she was part of champagne and there wasn't enough when they got to him instead of him just entering the circle of people getting their glasses filled and then instead of being decent being a dickhead about it and saying yeah. oh i was standing behind you and you just filled everybody's glass and then ignored me and, you know it's like dude grow the fuck <laughs> up like, bro you, you spit on my country yeah, right. bro. Fucking you disrespect my elders. He said it like he said he said it like three times or whatever. And then she just kept filling everybody else's cup up. And it was like, okay, but like just like you said, step into the circle. Like 
yeah. do any number well, of things and like go well, get another bottle. Snap and, your finger. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Well, and even after that, like Laurel tells him, she's like, I've offered you my glass three times now. And he's like, no, it's too late. It's too late. And it's like she was trying to write the wrong. It wasn't like she did it intentionally, because if she did it intentionally, we all know Laurel would have just fucking laughed in his face and told him to go fuck himself. Like, yeah, she tried to give him her glass because it was not something that was intentional. I mean, it's obviously just rumors and what I saw on the Internet, but I saw a couple comments that said, like, Turbo doesn't even drink. I don't know if that's true or not, but I saw a couple oh. things that he doesn't even drink. That just makes it worse, but there's no really redeeming fact. Except for Laurel telling him to go pout at, pout at the front of the boat. Yeah, yeah. that was and, great. And the whole thing, like, it's okay. I'll see each one of you one by one in elimination. He's for the first time? Purpose. Ever. Yeah, okay. Like, in what you're going to... You're going to go against Laurel? Good yeah. luck with that, buddy. Who are you, the new well, Sarah Lucina? He said he was going to take everybody out. He's like, I'm going to go into elimination on purpose a lot this season, one by one. I'm like, you didn't even f- go into the elimination accidentally when you were on the show. I love your turbo impersonation. Though. They are fantastic. It's really Borat. <laughs> yeah. It's just a Borat impression. That's all it is. You spit it. on my wife. <laughs> he cannot afford great success (laughs) oh my god anyways Um, like i was saying yeah yeah yeah, devin devin pretty much sums it up perfectly and so he him and tori have a a dual confessional about this moment with turbo and he says that turbo would be the worst wedding invitation ever because he will ruin your celebration just with his vibe and i was like damn dude that's harsh but so true like super accurate right out the gate dude they're having a great day out on the yacht and this is what you want to fight about like i just don't get that see the part that we should have seen is when because there were there were two boats right so you see everybody dock and then the one group gets off like totally somber because turbo's on their boat and then everybody else gets off having a good time and they're like what the hell happened on your boat Right. Exactly. Well, and like Rick said, like, go get another bottle. You cannot tell me that they are filming a TV show. They have you guys out on expensive yachts doing whatever out in the water and that they only have one bottle of champagne on that fucking boat. For 10 you cannot con- You cannot convince me of that at all. Do you think that like on Turbo's first season, War of the Worlds, do you think he was similar and they just didn't show it or Nani kept them calm? Cause, or did he just win money and all of a sudden become this guy? So- Nani said in am I the only one that watched episode zero, by the way? I didn't watch yes. it. Okay. So Nani said that like in War of the Worlds one, he was totally different. And then when he came back in War of the Worlds two, he was the way that he is right now. And she said, like, hopefully the turbo that we get is War of the Worlds one. Yeah, I think he was just maybe he was new. It didn't know what to expect, well, so he was a little bit quieter and kept to himself. I think it jacked his fucking ego up. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it jacked his ego up, beating people like Wes, beating people like Theo, and then he comes on War of the Worlds too. He's doing pretty good, and then he you know gets in this fight with Jordan, and everybody all of a sudden thinks he's crazy and they're terrified of him. I think he's just playing the his the part that he thinks yeah. you know is gonna work for him in the house. Unfortunately. You know, it's not going to work for you because people don't want to live with somebody who's, you know, yeah, who's that much of a, 
God, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, Buzzkill. I don't know. Just like someone that's that fucking aggressive. Yeah. You can just snap at any moment. So here's my thing that pisses me off. I'm sorry, Corey, and I'll let you go right after this. But the thing that pisses me off the most about what Turbo's doing is that if you notice, he's not talking this shit to Fessy. He's not talking this shit to fucking Johnny Middlebrook or Nelson or any other guy that's fucking a little bit bigger than him or at least his same size. He's talking to a woman like this and to Devin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Laurel could take him, though. Laurel could fuck him up. I really so could it. Devin, given the right elimination. I got <laughs> Laurel for sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> like I, he w- he doesn't talk this shit to fucking people that are bigger than him. Yeah. I've noticed. Like, no. and I want to see him get kind of fucked up because anybody with that kind of mentality deserves to be taken down a couple notches, in my opinion. I don't know that you'll get to see it. My my two cents are that he's going to be removed rather than eliminated. You think so? Safe, yeah, yeah safe bet. But I just it's possible because with him, the him and Jordan situation, like until we saw him again. So just from that. I just like I thought it was a little bit overkill, but I just felt like because who was it? It was Car and Ashley, I think, that were like instigating it. And I was like, yeah. you know, it's the language barrier. Like they just want this to happen. And I honestly felt bad for him in that situation, like not really knowing what's going on. But now that yeah. I see him again, and it's like right away, two situations that were completely unnecessary. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, man. Well, well, see, and here's my thing is like everybody keeps using this and, and I'm even guilty of this, too, at the beginning, like back when War of the Worlds 2, the incident happened, is using the excuse of, you know, the culture difference and, you know, that there are different meanings and priorities in Turbo's culture. But at the same time, like you've been on these American shows enough, you travel around the world, you've spent enough time in like. I just don't feel that that excuse is legitimate at this point to be acting this out of control. So I saw a thing online where Turbo gave an interview and it was all in Turkish because I believe it was when he was back home and they asked him what happened on War of the Worlds too. Right. Yeah. And he basically said to some to the fact that they sent him to a hotel to cool off for a day or two and then they were going to bring him back. And he basically said, but he needed to be you know, chill. He couldn't try to fight and be super aggressive again. And he goes, just send me home because if I go back in there, I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight security. I'm going to fight everybody. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's like, dude, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, I I understand having a chip on your shoulder, but. And I think that's what it is. Like he, he was probably the little kid that always got made fun of or some shit like that. I I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not many one survivor twice. He won the challenges rookie seat. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. So. You also got to realize that, right. I don't remember exactly what it translated to, but whatever he won or the world's translated to in his country, him being a millionaire. Now, if I won a million dollars, I'd change. I'd like to think it's for the better, but who right. knows? I mean, it wouldn't be completely obvious, but there'd be signs like me walking a cheetah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm buying toaster strudels instead of Pop-Tarts out here. Mm, All right. Fuck. Extra icy. What up? <laughs> Moving on from Turbo. Um, and, and toaster strudels. So we, uh, we head into the house next, and this got me so fucking stoked. We got a mad dash to find a room scene. Like, we haven't seen one of those in a little while. And I, I always love these scenes. I love watching the cast run around the house trying to find the rooms. And, like, there's always that one person who, like, goes into a room and they're like, oh, let's go see if something's be- You know, this is a nice room, but let's go see if there's something better. And then they go running around. And then by the time they get back, like the original room that they had is already taken. And like, they got to go find somewhere else. And 
And I like seeing how people stack up in these rooms. Like Jay ended up bunking with Johnny uh, Middlebrook, Turbo, Turbo ooh, and then also Chauncey. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I love these scenes. It's so much fun. And that house is so fucking dope. You know what that scene was missing, though? CT walking slowly. Exactly. That's <laughs> and, getting, the, and getting the best yeah, what room. Yeah. Was it that he's like, I, I'll, I'll just get there when I get there. I'm gonna get whatever. The duel was. They've there. shown it. They've shown it on two different seasons. But according to us, like some of his castmates who played with him a lot in his earlier seasons, he did it every season. They just didn't always show it. <laughs> but he was always just walking slowly, and he would always end up with the best room. Like it's just weird last season because it was on there i think the episode zero for spies lies and allies he yeah. uh he was the one who found the other house like the yeah, fact that there yeah. were other exactly. rooms elsewhere um and everybody else was fighting over the one but they they couldn't figure out why there were so many rooms mm-hmm. but then half the cast was half the cast wasn't there missing. yet um but then yeah ctu found the other spot and so then good. I think Emmy, it was Emmy who couldn't find a place and CT was just mm-hmm. like bunk with us. But I think it was like, it was, I want to say it was like Devin and Ed and Emmy and a couple of others. Like that would yeah. be the room you want to yeah. be in. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and like this, this house for season 38 is so fucking dope. It's I a ended up at hotel. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I don't know if you guys watched it, but, you know, there was the there was a I don't know if this was part of episode zero or whatever, but there was a there was a clip on Instagram that the challenge posted. It was like a little four and a half to five minute video, but it's a a full walkthrough of the house with TJ and he walks you all around the house, shows you all the rooms, the kitchen, the outside, the gym, everything. And he let us know that it was like an old hotel that they converted top to bottom for the challengers and like i was just and it's so sick it's so sick like so i love the house i am definitely here for the house i didn't watch that walkthrough i just saw tweets about it because people cast from challenge usa were upset about that house and you know all that drama ensued but i just want to say last week when we talked to malik I never even thought about that aspect on Challenge USA, the whole room mm-hmm. situation. The scheming and, and the alliances yeah, and stuff. Yeah, until he brought it up. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is a great point. Because, like, the rooms is just like, you don't even mean to be in an alliance, but you end yeah. up in one because you share a room. It's like Derek in the treehouse. Yeah, yeah exactly. You it know. eventually came to Branch House. And look, <laughs> you know, at just, the end. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, um can sorry, I say go ahead. I was gonna say one of my favorite parts about this episode is there were so many fucking quotable like confessionals oh and lines. Yeah. Like the one with so Michelle funny. and Jay where she goes, uh, we have our fingers in a lot of pots. I don't know. What do you put your fingers in? Jay goes, holes. Michelle, yeah, we have a lot of fingers in a lot of holes. Ew. Uh, <laughs> like, Jay's, like, Jay's like, yeah, no, that that's not right. I was thinking of rock climbing. That's, that's so awkward. <laughs> yeah, I fucking died. Like, there was some like, good bro, ones. Bro, what? Jay replied to my, I know Jay's very active on Instagram, but I think he was the first yeah. challenger to reply to one of my comments. But his, he's talking about the confessional where they're, his, like, our biggest weakness is to communicate. And he was like, this is my favorite uh, moment from this episode. I was like, I don't know, dude. The part yeah. where y'all were like, yeah, we started flirting, and he was like, "Wait, are we still flirting?" And she was like, uh, <laughs> "She's no. like, no." <laughs> I was like, "That's hilarious." We're not flirting, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. That was great. Dude, the saddest part about this Dude. whole fucking episode, though, was Raven 
and her undying love for fucking Johnny. She's so in love with him. It's like, it's almost sickening. Like, oh, God, poor girl. When he was talking about his dad and she was sitting there, the look in her eyes is a woman that is so deeply in love with you that she wants your children right there and then. That was that look. I, I, I feel differently. I just feel differently about it because if it was reversed, if it was him in love with her and she friend zoned him, everyone's like, oh, no big deal. Oh, no. But no, I'd still feel bad. About it, it. But it's her, he kind of friend zoned her. But yeah, I mean, as my biggest thing is we don't know for sure what the conversations were, but if there is a clear line drawn, then I don't feel bad for her. I mean, it's sad, but if there's a clear well, line drawn, but if he's leading her on coming into this, then he's in wrong. Well, he says he did. Yeah, he oh, said he, he said leads he her on. He yeah. said, he oh, said you know, I got it. I got it in that same confessional where they were talking about he, you know, how he saw her on the strip. So he got her number and then she was like, you know, we just kind of like took things slow. And she's like, I just kind of wanted to see like where everything was going to go. And then I have written here, I'm like, she wanted to take her time and see how everything was going to set with them. And she ended up getting herself friend zoned. Um, but then right after that, he says, he's like, you know, I have to take responsibility and be honest. And he was like, I think that it is partly my fault that her feelings, you know, may get involved more than they should because I'm a huge flirt. You yeah. know? And so it's like, yeah, bro, oh. like, that's not cool to do to people. I tried, Johnny. I tried to defend you. I missed that part. I tried to. Yeah, I'm no, out. there's there's a lot of shit going on, but we'll we'll get into it. But um, also kudos to her for just saying like flat out, yeah, it sucks, but we're here to win. And that's what yeah, we need to do, here. and that's what we're gonna do. And in point. Yeah. Can I just mention the fact that I find it hilarious the look that Nelson gets when he's had a couple drinks and he's talking to oh someone because he gets that fucking thousand mile stare better yeah. than anybody I've ever seen. And it's just, yes. I, I know he's processing it because they were having an actual back and forth conversation, but I was like, that man is just a blank slate right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nelson's face was like, that's terrible. But what's up girl? Yeah. What, <laughs> what do you do, baby? How are you doing? That's that's all I could see on his face is I was like, dude, all he, he's just like, he's listening to her, but he ain't listening to her like the way she thinks he's listening. Yeah, he's to like, her. I got a shoulder girl. What's up? Exactly. Yeah. But um, Tori starts walking around and she's like talking to all the new people. She's like introducing herself and whatever. And, and I'm sure other people, I'm sure other people were doing this as well. And it just wasn't shown. But whoever was doing it, fucking smart, because like almost half the cast at this point is some type of rookie, whether they have a veteran partner or whether it's a rookie, rookie pair. There's a lot of rookies here and going around, making friends, you know, finding things in common. That's like a really fucking smart thing to do before the game even starts, because then you already have somewhat of a relationship with these people and it makes it harder for them to to consider you, you know, when it comes to if they win and, you know, have to put somebody in. So I thought that that was really interesting. But one of the the one that got shown was Tori talking to Sam, Kayla's husband. And I fucking died at this part because she's like sitting there and she's like, you know, are you ready? And she was like, are, are you ready to eat a cow dick? And Sam was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Give me that dick. Give me that dick right now. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's just saying it with like the straightest of faces the whole time. I was like, dude, this is fucking amazing. I was like, all right, I like this guy. I, I like this guy. And I didn't want to, but I like this guy. <laughs> Low key, like. 
I found him fucking hilarious. He's and funny. their dynamic with him and Kayla, yeah. I found really amusing as well, which is surprising because I'm not a big Kayla fan. So. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say it's actually this very next scene because right after the conversation with Tori, it goes to a, a dual confessional of Sam and Kayla. And this was the moment that I was like, I love Sam. And because Kayla's talking about how Sam is like way more competitive than she is. And she's like, you know, he'll get his feelings hurt if he loses. And Sam just immediately like did not miss a beat. He was like, no, I think you're just used to losing on the challenge. And I was like, yeah, Yeah, well, with them, I, I don't know if it's a little further along, but when they're talking in the room and she was like, we just got to lay low. And shut the fuck up for two weeks. Yeah. So I was like, Kayla, since yeah. when? I mean, that's a good thing for you to learn. But since yeah. when? Because she doesn't have any alliance in the house right now. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that she had to barter with him with sexual favors is oh what really <laughs> killed it. He said, not even the stuff we do at home? <laughs> yeah, she's like, whatever you want, just shut the just fuck shut up. shut the fuck up for two weeks. Yeah, I would have been quiet as fuck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, Melly T, given the toast, oh. did you guys... So Did terrible. you guys catch to the, like catch what he actually said? It was it was it's rough. really bad. I put my I, head I, in my shirt. I took my time to rewatch it and turn the captions on and kept pausing and re-listening to make sure I was getting exactly what he All said. Right, here we go. If you made it here, you're here to play. But can you really play? We will find out as the game begun. But has it really begun? Yes, it has. Put your motherfucking drinks in the air and let's go. What? what? Yeah. You what say, did you just say? You can say what you want about Johnny Bananas, but Johnny Bananas can give a toast. That shit was so uncomfortable. Like oh, he didn't, Bananas he, would he, never. He rhymed the same word with the same word, and then he didn't rhyme sometimes. Oh, my god! I, I hope it Bananas was, does a toast in episode two, because really we need a does. reset. Yeah. We like, because I'm just sitting here, and I could think of a better toast. You know, just... We need based off one. ride or dies yeah. you can literally think of a million words yeah. it's not that hard yeah oh uh, my god it's like it that facebook really group those are certainly all words yeah well, <laughs> well i mean we'll get to it but i mean there's a reason you know he gave that toast and forgot his age a couple of days later you know <laughs> oh we're gonna talk about that because <laughs> i found out some that. I I found out some shit so uh, we'll talk about it when we get there um there's actually a lot of shit and it's going to be good. one of them is right about here. So we get a little bit of drama stirring in the next couple of scenes. And that's Johnny Middlebrooks and Narice making out in the hallway. Obviously, Nelson and Raven are sitting downstairs talking. And this is the, the blank stare moment from <laughs> Nelson. Um, <laughs> but this is th- so this is obviously the start to some drama. Raven's really upset. Johnny and Narice realize that Raven is upset and jealous about it. They're also like talking about how, you know, they're just not sure if this is worth it because they could be putting a big target on their back, et cetera, et cetera. But the other night I ended up catching Johnny, Narice, and Olivia live on Instagram. And they were talking about like this whole situation And the whole backstory to how they, you know, started hooking up or whatever. And it's a really, really long story. I'm not going to go super into depth, but it went all the way back to obviously the airport, which they told us in the show. But what they did, what we didn't know was that apparently Raven ended up getting held up at security. And, you know, obviously they're traveling 
internationally. So it's like they got to go through the, like the whole customs thing. And so it's a long process. But she ends up getting held up there for like an hour or two, you know, and Johnny left her there and ran off with Norris. And there was, you know, like they were, quote unquote, behind the curtain. So they weren't like, you know, out in the open. They were back like with uh, production and stuff like that. And they were drinking and whatever. And they weren't being filmed. But they're getting drunk or whatever. And I guess Olivia is there with them and and Anissa and Laurel and, and all of this. And so they're just kind of pounding down drinks. And then they end up sneaking over near like a security area and they're like making out over there and i guess fucking security caught that like it was this big old huge thing and then the fact that they ended up sitting next to each other on the plane which is where like you know nelson had said that they got caught making out by like the whole cast um the only reason they ended up sitting next to each other was because Narice ended up paying more money to move her seat up because she was sat like way in the back of the plane or whatever. So she paid extra money to get moved up. And so she was sitting next to Johnny. And that was like how that whole situation like started. Now, during this Instagram live, Raven was in the comments just talking hella shit to Johnny and Narice. And Narice was like, Narice was talking hella shit back too, and she was like giving hella attitude and stuff like that. But this whole my point with this story was that this whole situation with Johnny, Narice, and Raven, I already feel like it's going to be a really big messy. like focal point for the drama, and it's gonna be messy as shit. It's gonna be fucking messy, and I'm really like I'm oddly excited to watch this shit play out. <laughs> and that's messed up to say, but it's true. The thing with Johnny and Narice. Is it's even, I don't know, especially in the challenge house, there's not a good way to go about it. But even if he doesn't feel that type of way about Raven, he's there with Raven and there's a way to be respectful for it. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I agree. 100%. And yeah, he's not doing that. Or as the kids nowadays say, 100. 100. 100p. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> so uh, that pretty much kind of wraps up the first night in the house. The next morning, we get a scene of. Karina's favorite man in the house, Devin, working out in the gym for the oh, first yeah. time in recorded history. Uh, yeah, that's really <clears throat> weird. And they actually showed him like working out in the gym like two or three times in this episode. And I'm like, you guys have never given us a shot of J Devin in the gym before. And I don't think that that's because he's never worked out in the gym. I keep seeing this in the fucking comments all over Instagram. And I'm like, I don't think it's because he's never worked out out there. He but I think they're giving him a different type of i think he's going to end up getting a different type of edit this he, season he literally mentions on the way into uh, uh the the elimination arena later the zone this is the only time you'll see me in a gym yeah but De Devin says a lot of dumb shit that's not accurate he, just he also yelled shit. this is horse shit and then went back into the house yeah like that was accurate though it was <laughs> um and hilarious so <laughs> dude he's really the star of the show let's be honest 100 I mean, yeah. him and tori it's not even close um but we did get this really fucking awkward interaction between oh, the ladies man fessy and colleen oh, oh can God. i say a thing that i wrote in my notes it, it, it only if it's in fessy's handwriting it's not because it's text <laughs> like so it's uh, it's in the font of the phone fair <laughs> okay <laughs> I wrote, iPhone font. I wrote Fessy tries yet another name he another game he's not good at flirting. 
right? Oh my god, what? this was terrible. Yeah, I felt like, it's like watching it. I felt like they gave her a script like you're not very introverted. Like what? Come on, come on. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny, actually. Like I actually laughed at that part. That was pretty good. I liked that she called him out on that shit. I also liked his non-understanding of what the laws of attraction are. Thank you. Finally, somebody else besides me points that shit out. I'm like, Fessy, that is not what the law of attraction is, buddy. What are you talking about? Like, oh, dear God. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't remember, they're talking and Colleen says, you know, I believe in the law of attraction. You think positive and you get positive. Fessy says, yeah, I believe in the law of attraction, too. I mean, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. When in reality, what, we all bro? know it's a movie with Julianne Moore and Pierce Brosnan. I can't with this fucking guy. I just, I Me can't. Or like, oh my God. Uh, Fessy. Okay. <laughs> no, we expect Both a movie be fucking reference. Yeah, no, we expect a movie <laughs> reference from you. My second rom-com reference of the evening. Right. right. I mean, if you can throw in the first Wives Club later, I'll be impressed. Okay. Um, so here's my theme with Fessy is... He is the most awkward fucking person I've ever seen try to run game on somebody. So bad. And the whole time he's just sitting there like. In his defense, there were leaves in the hot tub that he was playing with. <laughs> playing with Play-Doh. Yeah, it's just. And he's sitting there ripping it up in the hot tub. I'll be like, bro, what are you, eight? Yeah. Stop right? that shit. Stop, bro. There's going to get the filter. Even on Big Brother, he didn't. For Haley, he didn't even really do anything. They were just isolated. And he was just. A yeah goof, and she's just like oh hey didn't goof. she like didn't she like push him off for like ever and yeah. ever and ever though yeah that's a that's a prime example of stockholm syndrome for i mean the though. flip side is for whatever reason it works right like we can shit on him all that we want but in the preview for the entire season he's with at least he three different some... people well that's paula dicking tony they're trying yeah to but those. no See, it, it's the, I think the more telling, the more telling part about Fessy is, yes, he can hook up with these girls, but none of it lasts longer than two weeks. <laughs> so that really says a lot. Well, it's like yeah. Amanda said in the untold thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he mm. just doesn't want that. Yeah. Well, which which is a Mariah's dynamic? They're just friends or do they have a past or maybe he's got friends. They, they're they friends. Said that they were just friends. It, yeah. even, it even says on the fandom wiki page. Fessy's friend. Fessy's friend. Uh, well, if you combine their names, Mariah and Fessy, you still end up with Messy. So oh. or, or Mariah. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. Does it have situation. the situation? Tony. Nah. It does. Yeah. It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't have the same ring to it. it. No, I'm going, back to, um, I'm going back to Confessy. So, anyway, another thing, another one. Jesus, I can't talk. Another one, DJ Colleen. <laughs> DJ Colleen. Another thing about this hot tub moment is that Colleen Fuck ends up idea. lying to Fessy oh. about what show she was from. She keeps, she's telling him that she's from Love Island, Germany. When really she's actually from a show called The Mole Germany, where you're like, a mole. the goal is to lie through the entire, lie your way to the end, and then you win money. And that is exactly what she did. So, um, but the interesting, the more interesting part about this is that <laughs> Jack is sitting there watching the whole exchange go down. And then it cuts to a confessional from him, and he starts talking about the fact that. She's actually been doing this, obviously, with everybody through the house. It's not just Fessy that she's lying to. It's everybody. And he's noticed that she's lying because he actually knows what show she's from because he did his motherfucking research before he came on the show. Yes, he did his research. 
And he's like, so he calls her out in his confessional. He doesn't do it in, 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 you know, actually in the show, but he's like, I know she's lying. Like it's, and it's going to come out at some point, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just like, dude, like that's not smart because you don't know what these other castmates have seen or what they know. So obviously we need to start promoting our show in Germany more. So Colleen will be more familiar with our stance of GTS. <laughs> Google that shit. Google that's that what shit. a lot of people do. Well, yeah, I mean, out of all people, like we said, it's probably she's been telling everyone in the house, but out of all people, like, you don't have to lie to Fessy. He'd have been like, oh, well, show me where your mole is. How did you win? Yeah, right, exactly. The bowl did you say guacamole? <laughs> guacamole. <laughs> All right. So after uh, the house scenes, we uh, get to our first daily, which is called Bolas for Blood. I was like, fuck, man, what are they going to do? God damn, man. Uh, yeah. TJ's intro, though, man, they're giving him some fire intros lately, and I am here for Walking it. into the sunset. I was sick. Like, that was sick, and everybody was all excited. I love seeing, like, the new people excited. We saw it a lot, obviously, on USA. But, you know, then we see, like, all these new people, like Annalise and Tommy and, like, all these people that watch the challenge, and they're, like, super stoked to see TJ. And I'm like, yes, this is the energy we need. Johnny was hyped. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, since I started watching, you know, for the podcast, I started watching, you know, Survivor. I just not all the way to Jeff, but I wish TJ was a little bit more like Jeff during the dailies, like just the play by play. Yeah. Just the mm, energy. I don't. That's like one of the things about the way Jeff hosts that I don't like. I'm like, don't because like he's just Neither given everything away. I can't stand. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. I mm, that was pretty good. But I did wish I do wish that TJ was more involved like Jeff yep. is. But I don't know if I. I'm on the fence if he should do the play-by-play, but I do love the scenes we get when like somebody gets fucked up in the middle of the daily and he just starts laughing yeah. at their ass. That shit's yeah. great. And then, so after the badass walk-up that TJ has, uh, he lets us know that Casey and Kenny left the game, um, oh. but he's, yeah, which is a big hit to fucking Corey's fantasy team, which we'll get... We'll go over slightly, but not all the way because we haven't gotten the stats, but that's another story. TJ lets us know uh, that obviously Casey and Kenny left the game, um, but he's decided to bring in two more teams, and he announces Olivia and Horatio and then Nam and Emmy. And then uh, when they get up there, the crazy part, and I didn't even catch this, Karina had to point it out to me, is talking about Horatio and Olivia. He goes, TJ says, watch out for these two. So... It made me kind of wonder, and I asked Karina this, her thoughts, and I wonder your guys' Do you think TJ looks at the cast list and starts doing, like, a little bit of rough research to find out more about these people? Maybe he just, like, saw them walk in, and he's like, look out for these two, and knew nothing. Mind you, there's also, like, four different ways to say Horatio's name. I went with, I'm going with what Olivia said, but throughout that episode, there were four different pronunciations. And I was like, Rick's going to have a field day with this. I feel like he looked at her weird when she said that. Like, he kind of yeah. like turned and looked. But I yeah. don't know if it was about the way she said his name or what. But We met in 2014, and I know you so well that you're my ride or die that I'm going to use really generalized statements to explain who you are as a person. <laughs> like, not that we didn't just meet at the fucking airport. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but with... TJ's thing is like, well, maybe he did a little research and it's like everything you could think about for Horatio. I feel like Olivia cancels out. Like there's nothing 
like about <laughs> Olivia that's like, oh, she's gonna kill this, which I could be proven wrong. I might be proven wrong, but from what yeah, I know about her from yeah. Love Island, there's nothing that's like she's gonna be a beast. It's just like TJ doesn't say stuff like that. Like I can't think of no. another time that somebody has walked in, especially like an all rookie rookie team that has never played the game before, walking in with a bunch of other vets there and him telling everybody to watch out for these two. I also want to point out that while they're filming, even though none of the cast has access to their phone, TJ obviously has his phone 24-7. He doesn't get it taken away. Yeah, because he took it out while Fessy and Josh were bickering. Yeah, and he, he like, even when they're filming, like, with the whole time they were filming 38, every freaking day, TJ posted a story on his Instagram of him stopping and saying hi to this dog that's like that was on the walk that he used to take in the mornings while they were out filming and he would go and see this dog every <laughs> single day. Yes, it's a what's that mean? It's not much, but it's honest work. Yeah. <laughs> so he has his phone, so it's possible that like he got the notice from production like hey, we're bringing these two teams in and he did a little research on them, you know, but he doesn't say that often, and I found it very interesting that that he did. No, I fully expect TJ to do like some background stuff, especially on the newbies. Like obviously yeah. the, the vets, like he's got a background on them just from being on the show. But TJ doesn't seem like the type to go in blind to any situation where he doesn't have to. Right. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like I was saying, they're Horatio and Olivia are using really basic terms like, "Oh, it's you know the energy uh, that drew me to him, and you know she never quits." And it's like, well, and I love how she's like, right, in, right now we're ride or dies, and I'm like, they they just have no chemistry at all compared to every other partner that actually has known each other for longer than three weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's obvious, but nonetheless, excited to see what they can do. Same with Nam and Emmy. Hopefully they have a productive uh, season. We didn't get much of them, though. We didn't. We didn't get a lot of them. But one other thing I want to point out that I actually just remembered, I don't even think I put it in my notes. But speaking of having that, like, awkward energy around each other when you're supposed to be ride or dies... It, did anyone else feel awkward about just like the way that that just the vibe around Turbo and Tamara Tamara? I don't know exactly how to say her name. It just like the way that they're like, oh, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but They've like the way they it. stand next to each other, yeah. like everything but, like that. I'm just like, well, isn't there a backstory that she was like supposedly dating someone else by the time she mm. was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually talked about it last week on the on the cast yeah. breakdown. So if you guys, if anyone listening doesn't know the story, go check that out. Um, it was wild, but yeah, they're not actually like together yeah, that's dating, be but they went. They went on the show as boyfriend and girlfriend and like, but just the way they stand next to each other and stuff. It's like, you guys aren't dating. Like what? Well, <laughs> this is weird. He called her my Tamara. And then like, <laughs> there were, yeah, there were, there, there was like zero like terms of endearment or any sort of like confirmation of what the relationship between the two of them were in any confessionals that they had. Hugs, kisses, yeah. like even just like standing next to each other, like arm and arm, like literally nothing. She's just like standing next to him like this. Like just, it's just like weird. Devin and Tori, who are strictly plutonic, Laurel and Jack, who are strictly plutonic, had more affection towards each other yeah. than the couple. 
exactly. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Then it kind of it kind of sucks though, right? Because it's like the only season you compare this to is Battle of the Bloodlines. Now I know it no boyfriend or girlfriend or anything like that, but it's like none of this was in question. You know what I mean? Right. None of that. Yeah. You didn't yeah. question any of their relationships with any of those people. And it's just no. it's, it's unfortunate. It it is. It, it is a little bit of a I I don't want to say like it's a, it's like a big red flag for the season or anything. No, but it's just it's one of those things where it's like if it makes it feel overproduced. We kind of touched on this last week with Malik is that it's it's just about the fact that things can be questioned that calls into question the legitimacy of production of the show in general, not just like the season or whatever. It's just like when you leave room for things to be questioned. It, they're going to be questioned exactly. and that's not always a good thing you know so yeah so all right getting back into this speaking of questions was i the only one that forgot what the fuck ebola was no i and, remember that oh no because i watched survivor i remember there's a final right they had to throw the bolos and yeah, yeah yeah i totally spaced it until i actually saw what it was and they hooked it together i was like oh okay yeah, i was just thinking right. the whole time i was like dude you guys are lucky that tj didn't make you guys throw these bolas yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I, th- I was waiting like i was very closely watching because it was uh johnny and raven and jay and michelle were like right on their ass and i was waiting to see if they just had to put them on or if they had to like stop at a line and throw them no no well so speaking of that um basically what they have to do in this daily is there's i don't know if there's a hundred pairs or there's a hundred bolas but ebola is has a ball on two end and these had to be connected so was there a hundred bolas connected or was there yeah anyways doesn't matter really fucking anyways they're all in a mud pit each team has three questions they must find the answer to the question in the numbers on the bolas in the pit attach them together and hang them on their uh, station first to get all three right and get their bolas to the final station across on the other side of the mud pit and up a little bit of a hill and places them wins um so pretty straightforward to a degree you know what i mean not as crazy as some of the shit we saw in usa as far as having to explain it um but (laughs) there was (laughs) there was some fucking some really nice moments throughout this whole fucking daily and it was was like and don't get me wrong i really enjoyed usa i enjoy all stars but there's a reason i watched the flagship because there are certain things that happen on the flagship that don't get reproduced on any of the other shows and it's it's moments like these yeah (laughs) i agree um and i think i know which one you're talking well the first one that i really enjoyed yeah is the pre daily interview with nelson and narice and production straight up asks nelson when the last what like what the last season was that he won a daily challenge on and i was just like no man that's so messed up Shots like, fired. yeah well, do you know the answer cuz i know they it's were 50, like it's 52 now well, I, 52 now, but it was 51 at the at the well, beginning was of this. the last season, because I think even on Final Reckoning with Shane, that's when he's still in a drought. I don't think he go was. back five I seasons. I want to say it was, so yeah. It'd be like Vendetta. I want to say it was Vendetta's when he went against Corey in that ball of fire thing, because didn't Nelson win that? That was an elimination on a daily. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know when the last one he won is, but it was, it's been 51. <laughs> that's an info. Where you at? I'm right here. I don't know. <laughs> it was probably I'm willing to bet it was probably a team daily too. It wasn't like an individual winner. War, was he on War of the Worlds too? 
remember. He was on he one. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't I on think. two. I don't. I think. don't remember. But, anyway, <laughs> um, I know you guys are looking that up. Another one is uh, one of the questions that they give him is, "What's your uh, cumulative 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 age?" And Kim and Colleen, obviously, certain words are lost in translation. This being one of them from English to German, so they couldn't figure it out. Uh, They're like, just say add it up. You know, there's, there's. I want to know how they figured it out, though. Like, did yeah, they did just they like figure them? it out, or did somebody tell them? Did one of the cast or production like? I'm sure because nom. that's that's got a that's kind of like I don't it's know how of, I feel about that. It's kind of a dick because it's kind of like, fucked up. Yeah, like some of the people who are on the challenge who are from the states don't know what cumulative means. Like, true. Yeah, add it up. Like just say some, yeah. Like just make like whatever. there's no point in using there it's <clears throat> it's one of those things where there's no point in using the word cumulative when there's another word that's easier that will suffice when you have people who are playing who that English is not their first language. You know that you have people from other countries. Like it's not, there's not like a, oh they surprise they showed up. No, like you can <laughs> We started them. filming and they just showed up. <laughs> you, you know what it really remind me of is like being a sophomore in high school and writing an essay and you're like i gotta make this sound like i'm smarter so let me go look up some synonyms for like every third word and just change the it to Soros. something that i will never use in my actual life ever yeah i was confused it's changed to, i was flummoxed right <laughs> but um, um anyway think, so i think nelson think it is vendettas yeah, balls of fire. Yeah, oh, sorry, that's eliminations again. Um, yeah, I was about to say, uh, but yeah, because um, it shows his first loss after when loss number one was on Vendettas. Yeah, so he's also won eight dailies across nine seasons. So yeah, it, yeah, it's look at the end of the day. I think a daily is important to win because you get a lot of power in certain seasons. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not the defining factor on whether you stay or go in the challenge. It's, it's like you said, it's not really hurt him in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, and speaking of Nelson, the next like <laughs> stupid thing that happens in this in this daily oh my God. is you know we find out like Nelson doesn't know his age and he you know they did the wrong age or whatever but interestingly enough Norris came out and said that apparently at the end of the daily uh her and nelson talked and nelson let her know that he actually did that on purpose and i was just like as soon as i heard that i was like dude that's actually really fucking smart he said he didn't want to win the first daily and i was like you know what that is brilliant because you don't know what the elimination format is. You don't know what the nomination format is. You know nothing right now. And sometimes it's better to just kind of sit back and see how things unfold and see how things are going to work before yep. you just like dive in there. And then look what would have happened. Nelson would have been in a position to have to nominate four other teams. And like as much as people think like, yes, you can call people in. To like make alliances or whatever, obviously with the twist that comes in the elimination, that doesn't work. People are just going to be fucking pissed that you send them in and put them in that potential situation. So I think Nelson made a really good decision here and he found a good way to like throw the challenge without actually like just sitting there and doing nothing, you know. I'm not going to call him the validity of that idea and whether it was Nelson's. I will give him credit on that. 
but I don't think Nelson really had the foresight of if I win, I could just throw in four rookies and there would be no big issue. But I do get the. And, I mean, but there uh, still is because even though it's four rookies, only one is going to go home. So that's still three teams pissed at you for putting them in that situation. I, if you know Nelson from other seasons, he's, well, and this season, he's uh, planning to hook up with them, those rookies. So if he throws them in, it's <laughs> not good for his he game. Does. He does pull a solid bananas impression with that one. Um, go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. You, the next part. No, no, you're good. I, uh, the Michelle and Jay thing. Yeah, you already talked about that earlier. Well, no, not this one. Yes. Yeah, we did. Oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. Well, then never this mind. Was, this is, is the where Michelle thing? and Jay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I was trying I, to I like get her that to that read was your it. Segue. Yeah, I was trying to get her to read it, like read the quote, and right as she was going to get to it, I was going to be like, communication, you know, but it's not funny now. No, it ended up working Um, very organically because you both went back and forth about who was going to say the thing about communication. (laughs) We already said it. (laughs) Just edit this perfectly and it worked. Yeah, don't even need to edit it. I'm a fucking idiot. It's always there. Okay, but Chauncey counting Amber's, the letters of Amber's name off of her shirt because he can't count it. It is what? Hold up, hold up. So, (laughs) did you notice the first answer he got was 35? He thought he only had seven letters in his first name. Yeah, I did notice that. I was like, wait, what? That fucking part got me. I'm not gonna lie, it Dude. got me a lot. Yeah, so they're both gonna struggle with numbers. I love John yeah. C and Amber, I really do, but this moment was fucking hilarious. So this part is where like I was talking about earlier how you could really see the love that Raven has for Johnny. Oh yeah. And of course when we're saying Johnny, we're referring to Middlebrooks, not bananas. We will call bananas bananas. Exactly. Um, But he's having an emotional moment talking about, you know, not seeing his dad and his dad being able to see him on TV and try to kind of impress his dad to a degree. And I, I, I get where he's coming from on this. And it's a very emotional moment from it, from him. He's crying. And Raven, the look in Raven's eyes is just one of pure unadulterated love. Like she was heartbroken in that moment to watch Johnny sit there and cry. And I'm just like, dude, this girl is so in love with you. Like, and you don't even see it. Yeah. Like he's kind of blind to it. And that's what kind of threw me off on that. Um, But with that being said, we go from this sad part that was obviously foreshadowing the fact that, uh, you know, even though Jay and Michelle are fucking doing really good on this, Johnny and Raven beat him. Not by much, though. Literally by like, seconds. By second. Like, yeah. they're hanging their bola things on the thing and getting the horn. And Jay and Michelle are walking up the hill towards the final thing. It's not a big hill. It's literally, like, a little tiny, like, hill you would yeah. roll down at the park. Like, it's not a big hill. So, it it was literally seconds. So, Johnny and Raven get the win. And Johnny celebrates like he just scored the game winning touchdown and just flexes every fucking muscle he has probably gave himself a slight hernia <laughs> so my question to you guys is was that celebration a little bit was that celebration too much for the first daily win no. and no. the fact that you're no. doing it in front of the whole fucking house no. if he was a bet yes but as a rookie no one's expecting it been grew up watching the show been a fan been dreaming of this been wanting yeah. to show his dad that like all of it factored in. No, man, just let people be yeah. happy. What I, what I do, I do wish that, you know, a little bit of suspense, like they could have left the idea that last place automatically goes into elimination just because I wanted to see where everyone else finished. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to see the yeah. back in order. 
That would have been interesting. Um, I the only reason they didn't do that is because once uh, I think TJ gave him the check that they won, the competition stopped at that point. Is from yeah. what I saw. Well, he's saying. Oh, I get what you're. Going. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm an idiot. We've already it's been established. <laughs> um, so I did find it uh, kind of funny. Once again, I found them humorous throughout the whole episode that Sam and Kayla were fucking talking a little bit of shit about Johnny and doing his like flex in the confessional. Yeah. He was the smallest guy in the fucking house flexing. It was pretty funny to me. Loved it that TJ, <laughs> you know, confessed his undying love for when rookies win. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I think. I like I, when new people win too, TJ. <laughs> I think, I think USA rubbed off on him just a tad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I think so, too. So at this point, uh, you know, Johnny and Raven get informed by TJ that the winning team has to pick uh, four teams to plead their case to them. And then they select one to go into an elimination. Four teams. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very rivals three-ish, except, you know, without the going to dinner part. Yeah. Um, But. He goes, you know, they they start kind of murmuring about, like, who else is going to go into elimination. He's like, oh, yeah, the other team that's going to go into elimination. Well, I'm not going to spoil that for you guys yet. So, yeah, and it's like, man, TJ, that's fucking dirty. Like, you guys, you're just putting everybody's game where it has to be so fucking on yeah. edge. And yep. just make it last place team, dude. That's what we want. Just make it last place team because that just for many reasons. And it shuts down alliances like you can have an alliance all you want. But if last place team goes in, nothing you can do. Yeah. I wish they, I like the last place team thing. I saw somebody in one of the challenge fan groups on Facebook said, you know, they should have done last place automatically goes in. Then the winners nominate three teams that go down and then you run the the twist the same exact way that they already have it. So that way you kind of get both. Um, And I think that would have worked really well too, but you know, I like this. We're here. It doesn't bother me. I just, I do like when last place goes in and I like watching the whole competition. I don't like that, you know, one person finishes and then it's just the game's over. I want to watch the whole thing too. So, you know, that's my only. See, I don't really have a gripe either way, but I I get it. You know, I totally get it. I just, I don't really care well, yeah well the end result and the elimination you know get to the draw humbled me but i was telling my wife i was like if they want to take a shot at a vet where they fucked up is the, the other three teams if it's me if the other three teams i'd have been all rookies and have been like hey y'all are all good i just don't want to yeah. piss off several sets of that i just want to take my shot at this one vet but then good thing they didn't listen to me boy <laughs> yeah can we jump back slightly to one of my favorite Devon lines of the evening? Of course we can. Oh, Nelson, you got your age wrong. That's a tough L. <laughs> so, dude, yeah, I really loved like Devin's kind of like trajectory <laughs> of his character over the last three seasons. It's, oh, yeah. did, it's one of the best changes I've ever seen. Did you, did you see the so did you guys see the photo of um, Wes and Kyle and Jordan? Yeah, and then did they just, remade it. Yeah, and then yeah. the photo of Devin in Wes's place, and with just the caption of "Who says I'm trying to be Wes Bergman?" Yeah, <laughs> so Parking good. Devin. Oh my god, I like Devin now. I like where he's came, but I don't know. Just something bothers me, like last season especially. Something bothers me a whole lot about Devin running the house. I don't know why. I just don't like it. I don't feel like he's earned it. It's I'm not going to last this season. I'm here for it. It's. I really don't think it lasts this season. We got two really big heavy hitters. So coming that, in after eliminations. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That Kyle's not here this season. That's lame. It's the it first is in a lame. Lot. Yeah. 
He was supposed to be on too. Um, it was supposed to be him and Georgia, right? No, it was him and his wife. But, oh, you're oh, right. But they just had that baby. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Georgia and Theo. He's doing the whatever. Um, it was supposed to be Georgia and Theo. Yeah. Ooh, right. the best of or like the Geordie Shore like yeah, uh, yeah. all stars right. or whatever because it's closer to home and he can yeah. pays the same yeah. or something. Georgia Georgia and Theo would have been a squad. Georgia and Theo would have been amazing. Yeah. I'm really sad that that Dude, didn't. They're happened they were dropped Dude. i'm like why would you do this to us i'll say that i wanted them real bad but i forgot that last season georgia was on the reunion i just feel like reality tv did something to her that wasn't very healthy and so yeah. if that's the case i don't want her back but she was a great competitor but on whatever her last season was that reunion she just it, she just did not look healthy her headspace her mental yeah the team that didn't come through that i really wish would have because i think they could have fucking done White. some stuff was uh Corey Lay and Michaela. Uh, I thought you were about I thought you were about to say uh bananas and Emily. That, no, that's what I would have wiped. That would have I would have liked to see it, but it would yeah. have been so one side. But anyways, um after uh the daily we get into the house and uh me and Karina fucking caught this right away throughout the episode, but really what caught me is when they start playing Ace of Base, the sign. Yeah. I fucking love that moment. There's such a good soundtrack already. Just already. episode one, right out the gate, coming out with a fire freaking soundtrack lineup for the episode. I'm down with it. I like that it was kind of like a mix of some newer stuff and some kind of throwback to the 90s. I mm-hmm. think it was well done and, yeah. and not so focused one way or the other. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, what did you guys think of the deliberation room? It was interesting. It was there. I I liked that when they focus on the people who are being like, quote unquote, interrogated, the way that the mirrors work, you still see the people who are on the other side of the table. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That was a sick shot. I did like the marquee that they put the names yeah. up on too. reminiscent I think of USA. Yeah, I just think that I just like that so much more than putting up a wood plank or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I did think, like that a I th- lot. I think it adds like a really interesting aesthetic to the look of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so we get Johnny and Raven discussing what they're going to do. Raven wants to take all the rookie pairs off the table. Johnny says to that's going to show their cards and that they should play it a little bit more to the chest and says, let's put in one rookie team and three vet teams. I mean, it's a solid solid idea yeah yeah i like his read on things like i like the I way i like the way that he's able to explain what he's thinking and his thought process a lot better than some people um in the house so yeah. it's it's really clear what he's trying to do and i think it's smart i th- think that this um uh, twist may have thrown a little bit of a wrench in that for anybody who tries it in subsequent seasons or in subsequent yeah. episodes. But for this particular episode, I think that it works fine. Yeah, I agree. So what do you think of the people that they chose? Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think they could have accomplished this without, I think they fucked up and basically and got the wrong people pissed that are going to be kind of somewhat upset with them. Um, I, I think that they brought Devin and Tori in for the same reason that they brought Kim and Colleen in. Um, I don't think, well, and he even said like they didn't plan on putting Devin and Tori in. That was right. That was the fault of the twist more so than anything else. Um, Yeah. I think it was smart for them to bring them in 
and say like, we're not gunning for you basically. Um, if we watch your back, will you watch ours? Because they're, they're the two that at least at this point seem the most likely that aren't already in their Alliance that could conceivably be winning dailies. Um, just based on like the, the layout of today's like of that daily where Jay and Michelle were so close behind them. They're also working with them. So that Tori and Tori and Devin seem to be the logical one. Laurel is a risky move because she could take it some sort of way. Yeah. And that's not good. <laughs> that's the one I'm really talking no, about. Kayla and Kayla and Sam smart because yeah. they, they don't really have any connection. So from that specific conversation, they can decide whether they trust them or whether they can throw them in sort of the same mindset that Fessy had with Bamber, where he could throw her in and nobody would say anything. They figure that if this does, if this goes south, they can throw in Kayla and Sam and no one's really going to say boo about it. Yeah, right. I think the only problem they had, in my opinion, was that they wanted to take a shot at the vets and look out for the rookies. I honestly think they took a shot at the wrong vet pairing with who they chose. I I think they would have been much better served to call in like fucking I understand Tori and Devin from Johnny's reasoning as far as wanting to they set up call kind of a line. King and Queen yeah. of the vets. Like you can see Accurate. where they how they view Tori and Devin. Yeah. And that's the thing. But I think they could have like really done a better job instead of Laura and ja- Laurel and Jack, you yeah. know, because that's who it was really down to it was Laurel and Jack and fucking Sam and Kayla. And fuck, Laurel's not that person you want to fucking call down. There. Don't want to piss her no. off. But anyways, I'm going to run through uh, kind of the conversation at a really kind of high point. And you guys give your input on it because I know we're kind of running short on time on some of this. But uh, in the initial conversation, they talked to uh, Sam and Kayla and. Uh, and they say they'd be willing to work together in the confessional. Um, it did seem like Sam and Kayla were a bit desperate because they just came out and pushed it. Like, oh, yes. did you guys want to like make a deal? And it really seemed like they were really just trying to get information at first. Yeah, it seems like that's sort of Sam's like sense of humor to kind of say like, oh, you're here to make a deal with me? Fine, I accept. Um, yeah. Sort of like Princess Bride style. But. I also agree with you where like they played it really hard from their side of the table. Yeah. They really showed their cards. They did. And, you know, and it was out of a, in my opinion, a form of desperation. The fact that Kayla didn't have anybody there. Now, if this is episode two and she's got Nani, different story. You know what I mean? But. Well, it's also if like, I mean, obviously Sam's not married to him, but if Sam was paired up with anybody else, but it's not like Kayla has a very strong political background in this game like that's yeah. never been her forte not her thing no it's not it's politicking yeah she'll she'll get an alliance and she'll stick to it like glue yeah but she didn't really have any way to gain traction in this house just based on cast yeah yeah absolutely um so the next team up is Devin and tori uh, like karina said earlier they refer to them as the king and queens of the vets um and I feel like this was a much nat- more natural flow yeah. of a conversation of, hey, really, we want to bring you in here just to kind of see where you guys are at. We don't really have a plan to nominate you. And, you know, we don't have a plan to nominate you, 
but we wanted to kind of see where your guys' heads are at. And if we are able to keep you away from this, um, you know, would you be willing to kind of return the favor? And so where it's them making the offer instead of Tori and Devin making the offer, big difference in my opinion, compared to the Sam and Kayla interaction. So the next one up is uh, Colleen and uh, Kim. Fuck, what's Kim. Name? Kim. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're pretty straightforward and just say, hey, we're not really wanting to, you know, bring you in here. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's if you want a full recap of the full conversation, go watch the fucking show. That's that's really what I have to say about that. The more interesting one was the conversation with Laurel and Jack. Because Jack starts it off with whatever Kim and Colleen told you is probably much bullshit because she's been lying to everyone about what show she's been on. She's saying Love Island 4 when she was actually the mole. Yeah. Which I like. Like, Jack's already stirring up a little bit of shit. I mean, he keeps it quiet after what happens in the the zone. But is that what they call it? The zone? Yeah. The zone. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like somewhere you go as like a teenager. That's just nothing but arcade games. Yeah. But. I enjoy the fact that he's kind of airing this out and being like, oh, they're super untrustworthy because it automatically puts a fucking target on their back and takes it off the female goat and her above average size best friend. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it's just because Jack is with Laurel, but Jack just has a whole lot of confidence with him. Like, he he just just puts it out there. Like, he, he believes in him, which is... It's a good thing. You should believe in yourself, but it's just like he's coming on strong early. He really is. Yeah. But I mean, maybe that's just his personality. And I can see uh, Laurel really getting along with somebody that has that personality based on her interactions that we've seen in the house and how she kind of views people to a degree. From here, you know, they kind of step away. Uh, They start talking about, um, or I'm sorry, they, the next scene they cut to is the bar scene, which is cool to see um, them go back to. Um, Looks like once again, it's a bar that they've rented out and nobody else is in there except the challengers. Um, I don't think we'll ever see the public bar scenes ever again. Ever? No. No, I don't think so. I think it's too much of a liability in production, especially after Johnny almost fucking fell Johnny down. got thrown down the stairs. Yeah, almost fucking broke his neck. Johnny got beat up, but he said he beat someone up. Yeah, yeah, fucking. Oh, you should see the other guy. Yeah. Mm. What was I gonna say? I did think it was fucking great that they had Tommy crowd surfing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it was Devin's idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I, I mean, maybe it's just because I really don't like Fessy, but it was like all funny games when he's just crowd surfing. But then when like Fessy just picked him up on his own, it was just like Fessy was like, "Look, I can do this by myself." It's taking y'all three guys to do it before. Well, he can do all that, but he still can't eat a fucking hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Um, I don't know. So I've heard some debate back and forth, and Karina would probably have a more solid answer on this, but she stepped away for a second. Is Chauncey sitting, looks like with majority of the rookies, for the most part, the, Seems the like rookie it, yeah. women. I can't tell if it's Chauncey saying this to Amber or if it's somebody else saying this to Amber. Um, but something along the line, pretty much along the lines of saying, is Amber jealous uh, that he's sitting with all these beautiful women? And uh, she says uh, she's never jealous because she knows he could be in a room full of naked women and he'd only see her. Yeah. And it's like they seem very much in the honeymoon stage for being together for a year. So it makes me hopeful that maybe it's something really great for them both. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And they like, I I really like the chemistry between the two of them. Um, yeah. It's super light. And I will also say, I'm very glad that Fessy alienated her um, when he did so that she would be part of 
the alliance with like Johnny and Jay and Michelle and all them. Um, I'm interested to see if Turbo is going to be part of that because he's in that room as well. So I don't know if we just haven't seen him as part of those conversations or if he's not in those conversations. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people don't are. I don't think a lot of people are feeling Turbo because like the thing is, it's like he's volatile. If he be- yeah. And he, if he behaved that way, like day one on the yacht and that's what they showed us. But there's no saying that he didn't doesn't continue to behave yeah. that way anytime there's any kind of joke or something that doesn't go his way or somebody walks some way he doesn't like. You oh, know, don't God start that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I said. He's, he's like that guy, like these are the worst people, that guy at the bar that's like there, he doesn't even have a drink. And it's just like, oh, you looking at me? We got a problem? Like, bro, we're here having a good time. Why are you so mm-hmm. aggressive? Like, just chill. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, dude, I just, I, maybe it's just that personality type, but it's just rubs me the wrong fucking way. Like, it's like yep. that bully mentality, and I can't fucking say I don't it. have patience for it. Well, and it's also yeah. like, it's, uh, it's just like, all right, what happened the last time he was on the show, right? You get another shot. Mm-hmm. Now... Maybe they're painting them in that role, but it's like you get another shot and it's just like you're going to be aggressive again. But like I said, maybe they're just editing them that way to make them the villain. But it's just like you got another shot. Last shot. They're not going to give you a third shot. Just right. Calm down. Somebody just needs to piss him off to the point where he fucking loses his shit and gets kicked off the show. Smash his head and eat it. Won't take long. (laughs) I don't foresee it taking long. Like, I don't see him ever saying that shit to CT. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's my. Anyways, a whole another tangent. We'll see what happens this season. But uh, <laughs> the next scene at the bar, we've got uh, Olivia and Nelson having a little flirt, flirting action. Uh, it was flirt session. It was fucking so awkward. It was. It was really awkward. And I hope they were both drunk. His confessional, like I was like, oh, Nelly, because he's like, oh, those pretty blue eyes and that smile. Am I in love? I'm like. <laughs> Nelly, no, stop. This is this is not it. Her bro. her on Love Island, like she went through so many guys. Like it was just like, um, no, you're not good enough for me. Um, no, you're not good enough for me. No, you're not treating me right. Next. And it's just like Nelly gonna Nelly gonna get his heart broke. I already see it. Oh, can we just God. say Nelly over the past few years, his confessionals have got more and more uncomfortable. Like they're just so <laughs> Cringy. But yet more entertaining but at it's the same so funny. point. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I just I I like Nelly. I think I do too. I love him. I feel like as much as he gets painted as a fucking idiot, he's not. At no, all. he's, he's really smart. at all. You know, and he. It's almost to me. It's almost like that really pretty blonde girl who's actually a fucking PhD in engineering, but she plays like a fucking idiot just to fuck with people. That's what it kind of reminds me of with now. Didn't he last year? Didn't he do something like come to daddy or something? That was, uh, yes, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> I fucking more of it. Let's go. <laughs> um, so after the bar scene, we get a one final scene back at the house and it's, uh, it looks like it's relatively early in the morning. But we get uh, Johnny Middlebrooks, his partner Raven, sitting with Jay and Michelle, Bamber and Chauncey. Uh, and there was another rookie pairing in there, wasn't there? No, it was just those three pairs. But they basically kind They're, of formed yeah. like a rough, like a rough alliance. Um, they didn't give themselves a nickname or anything, but 
you know, here's hoping it's not next real week. then. No, yeah. just kidding. We need a hashtag for it. No, but I thought this was interesting because we get a confessional from Bamber and, you know, and she makes it clear. She's like, look, I'm not going to work with the vets right now. Like they've made it clear in the in past seasons how they feel about working with me. And I'm just going to stick it out and ride with Jay and Michelle, you know, and I was just like, I like that, you know, don't even put yourself out there to get your feelings hurt again, because it's the same shit, the same people. I like, uh, I like Jay that Jay's like, yeah, look at me politicking. I got this down. <laughs> He's, I'm going to be a leader of a group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yes, Jay. Me and Karina were talking about like, he had such a fucking solid first episode. Yeah. He was he funny. <laughs> he had some politicking and strategy. You know, it was just a solid fucking showing for him in the first episode. It's the Jay that I know, like from the Survivor. So it's the edit that he has yet to be awarded, despite the fact that, like, that's Jay. Yeah, well, maybe maybe because of uh, what we call her, Jay Bay, on the fan pages. Yeah. But yeah, she's always like, I mean, Shamika. Yeah, it might be be solely (laughs) because of her, but I love Jay. I'm a huge Jay fan, but it's it's probably because all of her posts, I'm just like, yeah, this guy. Is the shit. No lie. It's because Jay's awesome. I became more of a fan of Jay because of Shamika always talking <laughs> yeah, about it. Exactly. It's like the opposite yeah, effect like of Edwin, Edwin and Fessy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the exact opposite, you know, but it is. I mean, I really enjoy Edwin, though, to a degree, except yep. for when he's posting half naked photos of Fessy. Oh, God. Um, that was well, terrible. I, I, what I love about Edwin, dude, is it's just here's what I love about it is he posts it knowing what he's going to get and he's here for it. Like he's ready to argue every day. He's yeah. at yeah. your doorstep and he's like, come on with it. And I just love that. It's, it's consistency. Yeah. My, <laughs> I think my favorite part about Edwin is that like, he doesn't do it in our groups, but in some of the other challenge groups, he'll post anonymously as quote unquote group member. And everybody <laughs> in the comments knows it's him, but he still does it like, and he's still doing it, even though he knows people know it's him. Cause he's he the only one that stands fessy like that. I fucking it's funny as Dude, shit, and people get so pissed about it in the which comments. Makes it, and it makes so me much laugh. better. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You think they would figure it out by now, but they haven't. No. And it's always he. It, it hasn't changed in the last three seasons. I've watched it each season, and I'm just like, yeah. well, yeah. It's, when I talk to smack to him, it's like I know he's not going to be phased, but I can't resist. Yeah. Like yeah, so much I, I do the same. Yeah, the Fessy Danny thing. I'm like, oh, Fessy's jealous. He was never in the NFL or ever won. And it's like, I know yeah. it's not going to bother him and he's going to come right back. But it's like, I can't help it. I have to. I have to feed into it. Yeah. He does really like uh, Josh's fantasy team, Jack and the Introverts. So, <laughs> shocking. He's got a fan. Yeah, he's got a fan there. So uh, anyways, after the, the house scene of the new alliance with uh, – uh, Johnny and Raven, Jay, Michelle, and Amber and Chauncey. Uh, we get the obligatory scene of them all getting ready to leave the house to go towards the zone. Yeah. See, if you're a Canadian, like the zone was something that was on YTV, which is like kids TV network. That was all the cool. <laughs> com- it was all the cool cartoons. And it came on like a little bit later in the afternoon. So as soon as you called it the zone, that's immediately where my mind went. So we had a skate zone where everyone would go to rollerblade. That's what I thought of. So when they say the zone, the first thing, like, I don't know why, but I just think of like a giant arcade that has like, you know, a rock climbing wall and shit like that. JB said the zone. That's funny. It does sound like it would be something like that. I don't know if it was 
countrywide. Did y'all have Discovery Zone? Did y'all have that place? I don't think so. No, but we do had when I was in Vegas, they had the ESPN zone. Ooh. That was kind of cool. There you go. Yeah. It's like Plant Hollywood, but for ESPN with basketball. Hoops. Espen. Uh, Espen. So, anyway. Yeah, the skiing's great. <laughs> so, anyway, um, everyone starts filing into the zone. And the first thing I noticed is that only the four teams nominated are dressed for elimination so i was like okay so it's gonna somehow come down to the winners picking somebody and then one of these other three teams is also going to go in it's not going to be like a free-for-all for everybody except yeah. the winners you know what i mean so i thought that was pretty interesting um so tj everybody gets filed in tj brings out you know the nominated uh rider dies and asks Johnny and Raven who they are sending into elimination and they Sorry. start going Sorry. off. And- All I could think of is TJ being like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but so Johnny starts going off uh, with this speech about how they want to go big and they don't want to like wuss out like some of the other rookies have done in the past. And they end up choosing Kayla and Sam. I'm like, how is that going big? You yeah. have Laurel sitting down there, and yeah, that probably would have fucked you. But like, you've got bigger names sitting down there. Yeah, <laughs> you're going big is going after Kayla and Sam. I thought what? they were going to, when they said it like that. I thought for sure they were going Tori Devin, the vet vet pair down there. I, I was thought like, they were going Laurel. No, I thought yeah, they were like too. they're going for the vet vet pair. I was like, holy shit, they're coming big, and then. Kayla and Sam, no alliances, no friends. Well, they were talking like they were going to go Laurel, but I had a sneaking suspicion they were going Kayla and Sam. It just made no sense to me. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't know. It was it was smart not to go for Laurel and it was smart not to shoot directly at Tori and Devin. Absolutely. But it just felt like so like amped up in that moment, like they were about to do something fucking magical. And you have a literal goat sitting down there up for nomination and she's a champion. And you know what I mean? And so it's like that to me is what going big. And I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to get good. And then they do Kayla and Sam. And I was like, "Okay." well, like Malik said last week, right, is they saw the elimination and they saw it could be a janky elimination and i don't i mean yeah. we know how kayla and sam did but i i mean yeah. i don't think that have been something laurel and jack were great at right yeah, yeah. Uh, i just feel like they oversold that moment i was like okay obviously kim and colleen didn't know what they were doing well maybe they did but i don't know if they knew that devin's like a fucking puzzle master but right yeah at the point where they pick uh, Sam and Kayla to go into the elimination, TJ announces that the other three remaining uh, ride or die pairs need to head over to this table uh, for the draw comes back. And what this is the first time since Dirty 30? Um, I think it, it is. Yeah, because they had Maybe. the one where Devin so. and Cheyenne were crushing on the skulls and free agents and then Dirty 30. I think that's it. Yeah, and then fucking, I, I personally like the draw. I think it's a great uh, yeah, twist. Equalizer. I great, love great. it. That's what I said. That's what I told my wife. Like, sending three rookie rookie pairs and a vet senior for sure sending in, that would have backfired completely yep. with yep. the draw. They'd have been pissed. 
<laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, so Tori and Devin uh, pull the first one, and it's basically pulling a dagger out. Uh, and there's his blank, which is not what you want. Uh, and then Devin but makes. They don't know yeah, that. Yeah, we don't know that yet. But we're we're not 100 percent sure. Uh, and then Devin makes a little comment to Turbo about, "Hey, it's a real dagger or something like that." I forget. It, the, it stays in these, the zone. These stay in here. Yeah. yeah. And Turbo got so upset. And Turbo got so upset. What'd you say? It's can a you, joke. Can you explain to me this, brother? Because yeah. you're good like, at martial arts. Yeah. Because you're an assassin. I was like, what? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like, I I liked that uh Devin was upgraded to level two pussy chicken. Um <laughs> yeah. I, I actually tweeted him when we started recording and said that I was actually quite shocked that it was not part of his bio already. Right. Level oh. two. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. That would be so funny if he put that in his fucking bio. <laughs> when he turned around again, he was just like the look on his face of just like Yeah, I know. So this whole situation really pissed me off more than the Laurel one. And like, I went on a 10 minute rant with Karina this morning about it. And I know Devin's not the guy to do this. And the way he handled it was the best way to handle it. Yes. And I'm, and I think he did it correctly. And he took the higher road, which was the better road to take in this situation. But I'm waiting for turbo to do some shit petty like that, or do some shit like that with someone that's super petty and will fight back with him and piss him off. Because he's going to get kicked off the show or, you know, something to that effect. I'm almost yeah. 100% positive on this. Well, he yeah. like got over he got over his annoyance with Laurel pretty quick to then just like continually say, put Devin in. And I'm like, you yeah. don't like either of the people that are down here because one of them wouldn't give you a drink and the other one made a joke. So pick your battles, bud. And don't pick your battles with me because you're much bigger than I am. And I'm not it's telling so you. So ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so anyway, then uh Laurel and Jack pulled the second uh dagger, and that one is also blank. And Laurel says, Thank fucking God. Like yeah. she is sold on the fact that this draw is gonna be ran the same way all the other draws have been ran, where if you draw the one that has the writing on it, you You're are fucked. fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we all thought that. I was just yeah, like, yeah, totally. I did too. Yeah. I was like, what are the odds? The rookie, rookie pair, 33% yeah, chance. Exactly. So Kim and Colleen obviously pull the last dagger. And as they pull it out, that shit says safe. safe. And literally everybody up, like on the risers or whatever, they start fucking losing their shit. But yeah, it's like nobody even right? noticed it too until TJ was like, "What does that say?" Like, no, I don't think anyone yeah. noticed. Everyone was just still dude. Chill. Kim and Colleen were so fucking stoked. Like they they were so happy. Can I just say I fucking love the fact that TJ then announces that because they pulled the safe dagger, they get to choose who else to save. Basically, yeah. you know, just sending the remaining team in. Like this is going to get yeah. so fucking messy, and oh, yeah. I'm for it. Who was it? It's that, like Jay. Yeah, was it Jay that said it? That's yeah. like this is going to get messy. Yeah, yeah, dude, I am all about this, especially um, with some rookies so in there excited. too. Yeah, if they pull that it. dagger again. We're going to get a fucking crazy yeah. match. I don't know what the future entails, but I kind of hope that, like, maybe not next episode, but the episode after that, it's like. You pull it and it doesn't say safe. It just says like you're going in or something. Just mix it up. Oh, they switch it up. Yeah, yeah that would yeah, be interesting. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be really interesting. So um Kim and Colleen decide that 
they're going to keep Laurel and Jack safe, even though Jack has been like basically telling everybody how Colleen's a fucking liar. <laughs> and she doesn't know <laughs> yet. She doesn't know. And their reason is that Jack's a rookie, so they want to stay rookie strong. So Jack's confessional, though, he's like, well, now you've shown me that you can be loyal to me. So maybe I'll give you a chance. I'm like, wait till she finds out you haven't been any kind of loyal to her. Like, Hold up. How was Jack's shirt in that confessional? Like one of the top stars of the show. Did you see I, that I fucking wrote shirt? Down Jack borrowed TJ's outfit from a few finals ago. <laughs> yeah, the All Stars <laughs> one where he rode the horse. I do, awesome. this, son. <laughs> I do, do this, shit, son. Do that fucking. I want to find a shirt that has a built-in tie. Now I'm not gonna fucking. He lie. rocked That's it good. too, though, dude. Yeah, bro, he fucking killed he it. Did. Um. So obviously, uh, this leaves Tori and Devin going against Kayla and Sam. Uh, it's like a giant coffee ball table or it's coffee table. Coffee, ball maze. coffee table. Coffee it's, ball table. It's a ball. Two maze. guys watch cartoons with dudes. Oh, my God. It's a ball maze that you have to balance on a Like you have a balance board and you have to move this maze um, with your feet, getting the balls from the center, obviously, to the outside where the hole is and getting the ball out of the maze. Surfboard. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little surfboard. Kayla saying that Devin has this coffee table at home where Rick's getting confused. Like, I don't understand how he has this coffee table at home. Does he lift up his coffee table from left to right? They have no. So they, I actually ended up looking into this. There's actually coffee tables that have like the, these ball mazes in them. I don't know which one Devin has. There's different ones where like, it's just stationary or whatever, but then they have these really cool ones where literally like the center, you can like unlock it. You can lock it. So it's just, you know whatever or you can unlock it and then like yeah like they're super cool i was like that's actually pretty dope now i don't know which one devin has i actually posted to our instagram story saying i wanted to see it and i was hoping and i tagged devin and i was hoping he would reshare it with a picture of his coffee table but he did not i also don't know if he's home yeah i don't know where he is right now but Yeah, so I'm like, I'm gonna get, I want to see that damn coffee table, Devin. Like, I need to know. I I have to see this thing. Yeah, God. but I mean, I really, I really like this elimination because it was new. We've never seen anything yes. like this puzzle maze, whatever you want to call it. Wise, yeah, I really, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I did like this one as well. Um, I thought it was a a good like because we've seen them do like these mazes and stuff before, but I thought it was a really interesting twist making them do it with their feet. Um, and I did, I did like it. I enjoyed, you know, watching it. I don't think that it's like the most exciting thing to watch as a viewer. And maybe I was being a little bit biased because I'm such a big Tori and Devin fan and they were doing really good. <laughs> so maybe I'm like biased in that part, but uh, I did enjoy it. Yeah. So I thought it was really telling that when they started Sam and Kayla just fucking immediately dove in moving around and shit yeah where tori and devin devin says hold on let's see what this thing does and they test out the movements to figure out exactly what they need to do i think it's just so telling of how smart it is the way devin goes into everything making sure he understands it before you even get started even though you're under a pressure and time crunch and you could see sam and kayla were rushing trying to rush through it Mm -hmm. yeah where he took that extra 30 seconds to figure out the mechanics of the fucking elimination 
and it served him so much better in the long term. You know what I mean? I, I just thought that was so telling. And I know you're loving the fact that they're calling each other Dave the whole time. Oh, my God. They're just calling each other Dave. He's like, Dave, slow down. Dave, to the left, to the right a little bit. Yeah. I thought, like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what episode of Survivor we're on. But the Survivor episode Four. where they had, the like, two people were holding the side of the puzzle. and had uh, the- That was the first one. I oh, think. that yeah. Uh, Sammy and Gabler. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought that's what this was, elimination was going to be when I saw it beforehand. Like, right. I thought they were both going to be on the side and have to muscle it. And yeah, just right. the feet thing. Yeah. I was like, oh. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a nice little take on it. But so anyway, so they like Rick said, they get going. Kayla and Sam actually get one ball free out of the center. And they decide to just like focus on that one ball and try to get it in, which they do actually pretty quickly. But what I noticed is at the time that Kayla and Sam are focusing on that one ball, Devin and Tori are focusing on getting all of their balls out. And and they're trying to do it, obviously, in one like swoop so that they don't have to keep going and doing each individual one over and over and over again. And I thought that was a really good approach to it. So Kayla and Sam get their first ball out of the maze. And I want to I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly how much quicker it was. Or, like, how quickly it was because it's all edited. But in the edit, it was pretty quick after Kayla and Sam got theirs that Devin and Tori got one in. And then it just... I felt like it was a little bit longer, but once they started going, it was quick. You know what I mean? But it's an edit either way. You can't really tell. They don't have fucking timers like they should. Right. I agree. Yeah. But so... They just, one after one, just get these balls out of this maze. Like, they're working together so well. And they end up winning the elimination. Kayla and Sam lose with only having that one ball gotten out of the maze. And, you know, and so they all hug and whatever. But my favorite part or one of my favorite parts is when TJ saying goodbye to Kayla and Sam. And he says, Kayla, Sam, obviously love wasn't enough to get you through this game. I hope your marriage lasts way longer than your time here on the challenge. Savage. I think they missed the opportunity in that elimination to play that Beyonce song, Surf Four. Surf Four. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Or any Beach Boys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Um, I'm going to be honest. Typically, I'm relatively happy when Kayla goes home. Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of upset. Like I said, I found her and Sam's dynamic very funny. And I figured, and I thought they added a really nice commentary that. No one else in the house is really fulfilling at this point, which is yeah. the shit talkers. Yeah. And so, um, but with that being said, if I had to choose between the two, I would not change the outcome of what happened. <laughs> I would totally. much rather keep Dory, Tori, and Devin. Oh yeah. Do you think they're really shit talkers? Which their commentary was nice and all, but do you think it's just like other? If it was someone else that went home, you might have seen that more, and they would have been shit talk just because they were maybe out, yeah. So- I think that's just Sam's personality, though. Yeah. I think it is, too. I I won't say that I'm sad like or upset that they left, but I I don't know. I did find myself, and it took me a minute to realize that I probably just like Sam and not so much like Kayla, but <laughs> I did enjoy them. Uh, I thought that they brought some really good moments to the first episode. Again, I'm not, like, heartbroken or sad or upset yeah. that they're gone, but I do think that, they brought a lot to the first episode and I enjoyed, you know, watching them and watching their dynamic. I enjoyed meeting Sam because I, I don't watch love Island UK or anything like that. So 
I've never seen him on TV before, so I enjoyed meeting his character. And, uh, you know, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing him back again. I know a lot of the fans are like, don't ever bring Sam back again. Uh, but no. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't mind. You know? I'm cool with the, yeah, I'm cool with him being back. I just, if Kayla never becomes a champion on the challenge, I'm 100% fine with that. Facts. If I had to make a deal, Sam and Kayla back or Turbo, I would take Sam and Kayla all day. Every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so at this point, uh, Sam and Kayla leave the zone. Unfortunately, they didn't get a win at rock climbing or whatever. Dun-dun-s. Anyways. What? Never mind. Just... He's backtracking to the rock, the rock climbing arcade. Yeah. yeah. Keep up, uh, Care about you, okay. man. I see. Okay. I'm there. That's all right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Someone's got my back. Um, no, uh, so Sam and Kayla leave, and then at this point, you know, I, I forget what the exact verbiage is. Do you remember TJ, what? Yeah, TJ says, uh, I, I told you to be careful who you trust, especially me. And then, bum, bum, bum. Banani. Banani comes out, and I find it really interesting, and you can see the reactions of these people's faces. I find it really interesting to see who was like clapping and like looked excited and who did not look excited. And the ones who did not look excited was like Jay and Fessy <laughs> and Devin. Devin, he was like, oh, banana man, like whatever. But I think he's a little nervous. too. He, just, he said it, he, well, he said it's the sight for sore eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see it when he walked out? Though that look he gave me, put his head down, and he was like, "Fuck, I'm not gonna well, win this yeah. season." <laughs> well, I just hated that. Like bananas for the longest time would not look up to who was there. Like he just wouldn't. I think he was he was showing off his merch. Yeah, I was shocked yeah, they little, let him wear his that. little. What's he call it, Tony? His little toke toke top toque toque. His little toque. Can we just be honest? That it was fucking horrible that they had to sit there. And act surprised like they didn't all quarantine in the same fucking hotel. <laughs> like they didn't know the bananas and Nani. Like Casey like, oh, didn't know Nani was there, even though they live together and have pets what? and animals yeah. that they would have to set up dog sitting for. Like get the fuck out of here! But the, the Nani seeing Casey's not there might be genuine, right? That might be a genuine shock. I don't know yeah. if Nani knows that Casey got yeah. you know, taken and out. Well, yeah. then, while we're talking about this, does this mean like? Second episode, maybe Jordan and Anissa, maybe Darrell and Veronica. Third episode, maybe whoever's left. Like, is this going to keep happening? Because I hate that so much. Put everyone Me in too. at the start. Uh, yeah, same. My biggest issue with it, and like, I don't care that that those teams are coming in. That's fine. I like the teams just fine. Nothing against them. I mm -hmm. don't like the fact that the rookies are actually coordinated this season. Yeah, they've got a plan in place. And then for every person conceivably for the first three episodes that goes out, a vet vet pair is coming back yeah. in. Like yeah. that's yeah. just going to tip the scales unless vet vet teams go out and vet vet teams come in so that it doesn't change the numbers. Yeah. They're also bringing them in after eliminations, which means they can't be put in. So they're basically giving them a better shot at the final when conceivably the people that they're bringing in at like after the fact are the ones who don't need an advantage to get to the final. Right. Yeah, you said it. All I 
All I care about is I want to see an interaction with Jordan and Turbo. <laughs> I'm waiting for yeah. that. I really do. I hope whenever Jordan comes in that Turbo's still there. Yeah. Jordan like, said that he thought that this was going to be the season where they became great friends. Yeah. Oh God. In episode zero. <laughs> well, it's just like like you said, even if somehow the rookies win the first three dailies and send a bet bet pair home, another one immediately comes back in. So they don't gain yeah. anything. Yeah, I just yeah. like it goes back to final reckoning. Like Ashley and Hunter winning, and when they played half the season, like I don't like that. Like, just give it's, it's like giving an NFL team the first four weeks off, and then saying, okay, yeah, you get the first four weeks off, then you can start. Like, I just I don't like it. I don't know why they do it. Uh, I, I don't. Know. I'm not a fan either. Especially yeah. these teams. Like, if you did it, if you did it with like, here's the thing: if you did it with rookie rookie teams, they're coming in and going out. If you do it yeah. with vet rookie teams. It's like slightly more even because it depends on who the vet is and who else is in the cast. Yeah. Right. Bringing in vet vet teams after an elimination has been run to like to basically keep the numbers up is kind of shitty. Like, either bring them, like you said, bring them in all at once out of the gate or bring them in throughout the first episode so that they're still up for elimination by the time that the first elimination comes around. Or they right. don't come in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, so if like Horatio and Olivia came in week three, everyone would be like, we got to get him out. Because what's her name? Uh, Bree? Well, did she come as the alternate on 30-30 or something? She came on. And as soon as she came on, they're like, well, she just got here. Let's put her in right away. But it, Exactly. But yeah. if, if that was Cora coming in, you know, on week three. Nobody would have yeah, even doubled. Yeah. I don't. I hate it. I hate it so much. CT came in with Brianna on oh, that one. Which- and. Nothing. And he, and he went to the final. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. But no, I'm super fucking stoked for this season. I think it's going to be a really good season. I'm enjoying the cast thus far. I love, love, love the format. I'm here for the twist, except for bringing in, you know, like we just talked about bringing in people, um, you know, long after the season, like the, you know, season has started. Don't like that. But as far as the elimination twist and all that, I'm here for it. I'm stoked. I'm so happy that Tori and Devin won their first elimination right out the gate. And, you know, I'm hoping we don't see them back in there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, your fantasy team would be fucked if they do. Oh, my gosh. Don't talk about fantasy teams, guys. <laughs> well, I I wanted to talk about fantasy teams, but uh, Challenge Stats really, yeah. um, hasn't done their full thing. I know they've got a lot going on right now. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to process with that first episode, get all the artwork and graphics going. Um, so as soon as they post the stats as far as confessionals and all that, we I will, will yeah. I will go through updates fancy and we'll post it on IG and we'll obviously be talking about it more next week. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to our Instagram. Um, you'll see Karina post about how we all drafted uh, different rider dies. It's in to- the highlights. Just look for the highlight t- uh, titled um, fantasy uh challenge 38 or something right so to close out this first episode of challenge writer dies uh let's go through and give our mvps um for this episode um mine is going to be pretty simple cut and dry raven and johnny for winning the first daily as a rookie rookie team um with the honorable mention to tori and devin for winning the elimination um the only reason i'm giving it to johnny and raven is because this will probably be the last time they get it this season unless they win some more dailies and I have a feeling Tori and Devin will probably get it multiple times throughout the season. So, 
That was rough. It's I'm <laughs> sorry, it's true. Rookie the history of rookies in this game. No, I got gotcha. outside of Amber B and Carly is not good. No, I gotcha. So um, especially with my, that, that my, team's coming in. And right. Johnny knows he's a fan. So my MVPs are actually the same, so I'm just gonna follow it up. My MVPs are the same. Uh Johnny and Raven, uh, with Tori and Devin for honorable mention, except my reasoning for Johnny and Raven is just simply that they went out as rookies first challenge right out the gate. They were competing against some heavy hitter like vets who have been playing this game for a while and they did really fucking good. They communicated well and they won. And, you know, so I think that's pretty damn badass. and it's got to be an incredible feeling to be such a big fan of the challenge and then go out and do that first thing right out the gate. So yeah. MVP Johnny and Raven. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go Johnny flexing Middlebrooks. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, maybe I'll go near East for uh, picking a winner. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to take that away from Raven. <laughs> she pulled her part, won with him. She did. Yeah. And uh, I mean, she, she lost a shoe. Yeah. I mean, co MVPs, <laughs> I don't even give it to Tori as much as Devin in that elimination because Devin killed it. And Tori was just along for the ride with her clots. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Johnny and Raven. And just to piss off Rick, I'm going to add. Dave and Dave and Jack as well for having such a stellar read on like everything to do with the game um, with nice. honorable mention going to Jay and Michelle for being like right on uh, Johnny and Raven's butt on that daily and helping to orchestrate the rookie Alliance. Nice. I, like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, that's pretty solid. And uh, we'll have this post out on our IG as well. Um, and we'll have that link down below. Um, but before we move into our survivor recap, let's take a second to hear about this uh, new thing called Anchor from Spotify. Brand <laughs> new, fresh off the market. Yeah, never, never heard before. You'll, you've never heard this ad before. Some heavy stuff. We should probably re-record that ad. We should some have point. somebody else do it this yeah, time. I'm sure people have done are the second. last like three, two. We only record twice. But anyways, that's beside the point. Hey guys, Anchor. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, sitting through that ad and joining us. Um, so we're coming up to the portion on the this episode where we're going to jump into episode four of Survivor 43, Show No Mercy. None. Bum, bum, bum. None. Guys, I really liked this episode. I thought it I was. I thought it was well done. There was a bunch of twists I did not expect. And when I say twists, I don't mean like Jeff was pulling a TJ, but things just didn't go down as I thought they would. They brought Tyson back and put him on one of the tribes. Just <laughs> the hell of it. Yeah, just, you know, you lost one tribe member, but you gained another. Yeah. <laughs> you gained two more. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Rob and Tyson roll up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So oh um, for this portion of, uh, of our recap, um, I'm going to go ahead and hand the reins over to Tony because this is his cup of tea. <laughs> um, so Tony, why don't you go ahead and take it away, buddy? Sure thing, sure thing. So basically, um, as per usual lately, we come back with Vessi from Tribal Council, and it's just a love fest. Like, everybody's, like, they understand what just happened. They understand they had to get rid of NECA, but it's all love you guys, love you guys, four strong, that sort of deal. Um, Cody, like, this was another, I think we got hit with, like, two really good episodes for quotes. 
between the challenge and survivor. Cause Cody's quote was coming back from tribal was like, my girlfriend dumped me. The pizza guy I ordered pizza from didn't show up. And my roommate drank all the beer in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. That was good. (laughs) He did seem a little bit like, you know, disheartened that he had to vote NECA out, you know, and I'm sure that that sucked, but I do think it was the right decision. And I think that we end up seeing why it was such a good decision later in the episode. Obviously we'll get to that, but. Can I just say the more we get of Cody, the more I like him. Yeah, I like yeah. I love Cody, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not bad. At and all. he's on my fantasy squad, I believe. So yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I also like like they they're talking about how they really need to like kick butt and they can't really afford to lose another person they're already down to. But looking at this foursome, and I said it last week as well. If you look at the four people that are left, I don't think that either Coco or Baca can sit any people out to make up a four person team. That's the equivalent to these four. Like, right. They are really strong four, and I don't think there's an equivalent four on either of the other tribes right now. Yeah. I would say, uh, on, on Baca, the, the weak link would be Janine. Otherwise it's pretty uh, Janine and, and Gabler. Otherwise it'd be yeah. pretty close. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Speaking of, um, I was going to say, speaking of Gabler, this, this next segment <laughs> I like to call "Why Can't We Be Franz?" <laughs> <laughs> for, for whatever reason, Gabler has decided that it is far too cold for everyone to just stay huddled in their coats and together like they do on every other season of Survivor. So he has taken it upon himself to find the ant-free palm fronds, <laughs> put one on Sammy, woke him up, and confused the shit out of him. <laughs> And pissed off Ellie. (laughs) Told Ellie that he was coming back with one for her. She did not want one. And he did he did assure her that there were no ants on it, but that did not seem to change her opinion. And then yeah, then then it just went to the next morning where he asked them if they if it did any good, and they were like, No, you woke us up and sleep is important. Yeah, Yeah, she's so frustrated with Gabler right now. Like, and I, I don't I see both sides of it. Like, I know he was just probably like trying to be nice, but like, bro, don't wake me up. Like, I'm big on my sleep. Here's a big branch on you. Sleep tight. Yeah, that's like that's like a conversation you have over morning coffee or morning fire where you're kind of waking up and you're like, it's getting kind of cold. Maybe we we should make some blankets out of, you know, palm fronds. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't have ants on them. Yeah, not like, hey, let me drop this really noisy fucking <laughs> branch on you in the middle of your sleeve. Like, not the best way to go about a Gabler. Here, enjoy so this sad. leaf cage. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The ants, that's an added extra just for you. Exactly. <laughs> Protein. But the other thing is, like, then he and Ellie got in a fight about the firewood. And I didn't. I yeah. watched it twice now, and I still don't fully understand what the deal was like. They were saying that there he was saying that there were too many small sticks, but I don't really know what the re like what the outcome of there being too many small sticks was. But it was it's just one of those like it's one of those conversations that goes to show that Baca needs to go to one more tribal council before the merge because they're itching like there's there's a storm brewing and it's either going to land on Ellie or Gabler but we don't quite know which yet because it just depends on how the rest of the tribe lands. But 
one of them needs to not make the merge in order for the rest of the tribe to go together, like to go through it united. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to fall apart the second they get to the merge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that argument was over. It seemed like Gabler wanted big sticks that aren't going to light as easy. And Ellie yeah. wanted smaller sticks. And Gabler. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. back and forth. But yeah. It was, it was an awkward, an awkward argument. Wow. That was hard for me to say. It was an awkward argument, but, you know, I mean, it definitely set the tone for like how Gabler and Ellie are feeling about each other right now. She does not like him. She is so annoyed by his presence. presence yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck because he doesn't trust her because she doesn't know. But he knows that she went through yeah. his shit and he's not yeah. happy about that. So I think, you know, part of it is like he just has that fuck it attitude with Ellie. Well, I yep. think he's he's sitting there trying to be nice, putting palm fronds on them. When it's the past episodes we've seen, it's like, Gabler, you should probably be sleeping too. Maybe get yeah. a little yeah. bit of rest. That's very true, you know, but. And I'm also liking that now, because we're a little bit further into the game and there are a few more people gone, we're actually now getting reward challenges and immunity challenges separate, um, yes. which is always kind of a highlight for me because it means that we've reached sort of like we finished with act one. Um, right. And there's also a lot more going on. So you're going to have a lot more um, strategy conversation and things like that as a result. And yeah. when somebody loses, they're going to be looking at two challenges rather than the challenge that they just lost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I do like that when they're separated, separated like that. Keep them separated. I'm not very familiar with Survivor, so I'm not gonna lie. When I was watching it, even though Jeff said what it was, like that reward challenge, I thought that was the immunity challenge, and I was like, right. Man, "This is very early on in the episode." Yeah, that was the only thing that threw me off because at first, like when it started rolling in and I saw the layout and stuff, I was like, "Dang, this is really quick into the immunity challenge." We're literally yeah. like three minutes into the damn episode, and then when Jeff started talking, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is reward. We're gonna get both. This is yep. awesome." And <laughs> I checked the time. Like I checked the time on the uh, the TV when they started the chat, like when they got to the challenge. So it's like, there's no way that they're doing an immunity challenge right away unless it's like a double elimination episode. Yeah. Or my other thought was it's either something like that or I was like, or there is an absolute fucking explosion after the challenge or something like at the camps and they need like 20 minutes to freaking showcase everything that happens. And I was kind of hoping for that because I like the messiness. <laughs> In Survivor sometimes, but you know, it was still a good, it was, it still came out pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but I just love the fucking drone shots they do on the intros <laughs> to these reward challenges and, and cool. immunity challenges. I think it's just so well done. And it's something that I wish the challenge would incorporate more in some of theirs. And it's nice yeah, too because they're like the challenges uh, on Survivor are much more expansive, yeah, rather mm -hmm. than expensive. So you actually get the ability to have like a really cool layout. And they also, I find that a lot of the times on the challenge, they try to hide if there's going to be multiple portions, whereas yeah. Survivor, they hide the ability to see the challenge until they walk out. But right. then you kind of get to see the whole thing and it's up to you to figure out what goes where and how it all works. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh, I agree. What? I'm sorry, just confusion. Which one was the reward challenge? Was that the blocks in the beanbags 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for the reward challenge, one player from each tribe uses sandbags to knock like a bunch of blocks off of a tall ledge. Um, And then the same player has to use two of those blocks to walk across the sand pit to the finish line. And they're not allowed to touch the blocks like with their hands or anything. They have to only use their feet. Um, For his lava style. Yeah, exactly. So once they get across the finish line, then each of the three remaining tribe members must land one sandbag on one of the hanging discs at the end there. First tribe to finish will get 10 fish plus a trip to any of the other two tribes' camps to steal one item. One of the two tri- camps, right? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. can take a trip to any, yeah, which, yeah, that's what I yeah. mean, like one of either of the other yeah, two tribes. Yeah, I misheard that at first, too, and I thought they could get to go to each tribe and take. Yeah, No, yeah, they only get to pick one. Yeah. Um, I, I did find it interesting. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that that Jeff said that they couldn't take the other person's or the other tribe's flint. Yeah, you can't take that. Because the only way Jeff's that you can one. lose your flint is by losing the immunity challenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess. And so. the only way you can gain your flint back is to win an immunity challenge yeah. once it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Vessi's been without theirs for two challenges now. So what's that like probably six to eight days they haven't had a fire? Because it's Possibly, like a, yeah. a, a challenge every like three days, right? Or whatever seems to be. I'm confused what with the streamlined hear. version. Because on 39, it used to be like every like Every other day or every three days. Maybe it was only like four or five days, but that's still a long still, time out in the wilderness to not have fire. Have no ability to cook anything. So you're eating raw coconut and doesn't matter that you don't have fishing gear because you wouldn't be able to cook the fish you caught anyway. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Cody said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Coco and Baca obviously have to sit people out. Coco ends up sitting out James and Lindsay while Baca sits out Ellie. Ryan, Sammy, and Cody end up being the ones throwing the sandbags for each of their teams. And I just want to say, like, I thought that Ryan was going to come out here and just absolutely smash through these fucking boxes. Yeah. But ironically, it was Cody. Like, he was just hucking those things so damn hard. He was knocking off, like, four blocks at a time. And, like, everybody else is just doing, like, one at a time. I was like, dude, he's going to murder this. Out there looking like Nolan Ryan. <laughs> well, I mean, the flip side is, out of the people throwing, Cody is probably also the one who has been to the carnival more than the other two. <laughs> and also the one who has likely played the floor as lava as an adult. True. Very true. Very true. He has like one reset, right? Because he's the first one to get all of his blocks knocked off the ledge. And then I think uh, Sammy on Baca is like right behind him. Ryan struggles for a while, but Cody starts going across the sandpit and like he rolls the block one time and then falls off and he's like, all right, all right, all right. I got this. Like you got to feel for it. And then he just goes and he's taking these long strides and he's just like getting across this thing like it's fucking cake. And I'm like, dude, I would eat shit so many times on this. I would have broken ankle so fucking quick. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh. oh, my God. Well, there was um, I have to give props to Ryan. There's one shot that he took really early on. And if this was any other challenge, it would be like a fantastic shot. He whiffed it and it went right through the middle oh, yeah. like right in between two blocks and there's like not a lot of clearance and he didn't even move them like it went straight through the hole and i was like what are the odds that you're <laughs> gonna throw it at the bigger blocks and it's gonna find that one small hole 
and just fire straight through and not even disturb anything else that's on that shelf. Yeah, of course. You gotta aim for the small hole. Now, I <laughs> I will say, does anybody was anybody else super worried about Ryan for the entire episode? Because like yes. when he was doing that, there was a comment from James saying that he was winded. And then um later on in the other challenge, he was um struggling to get the lock undone. And then yeah. he lifted the net for other people to go through, but wasn't necessarily taking one of the pieces himself. And yeah. it was just like and then the whole strategy thing at camp, like I'm like, no, I'm jumping all over the place. But the whole episode was just riddled with, are they actually going to get rid of Ryan? I was scared. I'll be honest. Like I was nervous because I was like, oh my God, dude, if Ryan goes home on this episode, I'm going to be so upset because I want to watch him play. I want him to make it to the merge yeah. because I want to watch him really play. Yeah. But yeah. fast forwarding. The immunity challenge of the cargo net with the puzzle pieces, like he got him all up there, damn near by himself. He just like put one over his shoulder and climbed yeah, up with yeah. his other hand. Yeah. yeah. So if you believe He's in keeping, a badass the, yeah, for sure. if you believe in keeping the tribe strong, that moment alone, like he just by himself just got him all up there. Yeah. I think as we get, I I don't know exactly how far we are away from merge, but I think the closer we get to merge the more people will start to look at him because as soon as we merge, nobody's going to want to play against him. So I think that's going to be where his danger zone is, is, is that episode or two right before the merge, which I would presume is probably (sighs) within the next, you know, two Two or three three. episodes, we're going to see a merge. So it's going to be crazy. The other Um, thing too, those, (laughs) um, the platforms that they had to throw the um, sandbags on, they got increasingly Mm -hmm. smaller as they went up higher in the air. Um, so Dwight's was like much smaller than Jesse's was, um, right when they were shooting. Well, same with Noel. Like Noel landed hers like r- immediately, like first toss yeah. she landed hers yeah. on. I was like, hit it, girl. But yeah, Dwight struggled for a little while. Um, you know, and all the teams at this point are up to the to the hanging discs, and it's just like going back and forth. Like at this point, I think like almost all the teams had at least, or all three teams had at least one on there. Yeah. I just I was like, dude, like it could literally be anybody. But Dwight fucking lands that sandbag on that disc and Vessi ends up winning the reward challenge. And I was like, dude, that's got to be that's got to feel good, because, again, we started the episode off with them, you know, kind of feeling a little bit like somber about sending yeah. NECA home. But then their very first competition they play after sending her home, they fucking kick ass. And I'm like, that's got to feel good to at least know that, like. Yes, it sucked to send her home, but at least like we're functioning at, you know, a higher success rate now. Yeah, yep. but with Dwight, I I think it, was, it had to be his third attempt because I think after his first attempt and then his second attempt, I think he got the idea on the way back from grabbing his bag to stop the swing. Because after yep. his first try, that swing was just swinging and he tried a second try while I was swinging. And on his third attempt, he was like, well, I need to stop with my hand. From mm-hmm. continuously swinging, and I think that's what saved them in trying to shoot at a moving target. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. and like they, so they win, and so they get ten fish, and like you said, the option to steal to go and steal something from either Baca or Coco. But Jeff sends the other two tribes away so that they don't actually know what decision is made. And Noel says, like, well, I mean, Jeff basically says, like, how do you plan on doing this? And she's like, yeah. we can't. What can can we trade for something else? And I find it really interesting that Jeff said, "Totally, you you can always trade for any other reward because that's totally okay." Not so a that thing. wasn't yeah, it's that wasn't just me. 
No. Okay, I was like, dude, I must this just this must just be weird because I'm not like a long term survivor. I'm new to the survivor fandom. But I was like, I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, what? Like, yeah. are you, what? They did. I've in 40, never heard of this. They did it in 42. It's always a bigger negotiation, though, like a way bigger. They're like, they're, there's always a catch. And Jeff always wants more than just like a reward. But then when they got there, like they traded it for the tools and um, the fruit, the fruit and they had a huge mm-hmm. fruit basket. So they clearly won the like first place tools right. and fruit basket rather than the secondary one, which I also yeah. found interesting because there wasn't a second place on this particular challenge. It was just like one and done. But yeah, yeah it was really, really strange. Well, and when they when they asked to trade and he said, yeah, you can always trade. I thought it was going to be like a full on fucking trade. But yeah. no, he just made them trade the 10 fish, but let them keep the camp raid. And yeah. I was shocked by that. I was like, I would have thought that Jeff would have been like, yeah, I'll let you guys trade. But you're going to give up your camp raid and the fish and you can pick one reward. or well, one, yeah. other, one other and reward. I, I also feel it was like an oh shit moment on production side. When the tribe that doesn't have Flint won the fish, (laughs) because if this was an immunity and reward built into one another, they would have got their Flint back at the same time that they got the fish. Right. But because it's reward, then immunity later, they don't have the opportunity to get their Flint back until after the fish would have potentially been spoiled. Um, So it was an interesting dynamic. and. I do love Dwight a lot, but the man looks like he has never eaten an apple before in his life. <laughs> I know. I know. That was great. Uh, oh my God. I think they were that tribe was so worried about sending Cody, but I don't think I can't think <laughs> of a better person they could have sent. I'm surprised he didn't negotiate more during the trade or yeah. with Jeff. Like why I figured he would have came in like, how about we give you four fish for the <laughs> <Right>. toolkit, two <laughs> more fish. For the fruit basket, but right. then that, <laughs> that tips his hand as a salesman, which he doesn't want. Because remember, yeah, salesmen can't be trusted. Yeah, true. Which is how he got out Justine, despite the <laughs> fact that he is also a salesman and his sales techniques actually come into play versus yeah. IT, which wouldn't on the island. Yeah, but he came in asking Agreed. for that machete, and right away they were like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's make a deal. No machete." Uh, Lindsay went on the offensive. She was just like, you need to know that if you do take the machete, what we will plan to do in retaliation. And I was like, what are you going to plan to do? Not lose a challenge? Like, there's there's not you can't go find their camp and steal it back. Um, Now, the the thing that you want to be careful at and the, the reason that I think that it's smart not to take the machete is you don't know if this is going to be built into every reward challenge where you get X. And you get to go steal something from someone's camp because then Coco's just going to wreck your shit if you start off by taking their machete. Yeah. But I loved Dwight's uh, quote. Uh, it's like sending a child off to school, not knowing how he's going to behave. Yeah, I know, because Cody was so excited to get in that boat and take off. Yeah. But I, I liked this. I liked this move. You know, it cuts to Cody in the confessional and he's like, this was exactly the plan. You, you know, as a salesman, you come in, you ask for more than what you want, and then you negotiate down. And he, in my opinion, like he played them. He no, ended yeah. up getting he ended up getting their fishing gear, 
He ended up getting food from them and limes. Like he got all kinds of shit from these people. Yeah. When he they were only supposed to steal one thing, but they bartered. Like he got them to barter to give him more than one thing because they were so afraid he was actually going to take their machete. Like and Carla like called wild. everyone on it when he left. Well, He's like, yeah, but he she, played didn't, us. she didn't say anything daring though. That's what I didn't like. She I think it'd be hard to daring. do it during though, because like if you're saying it during, then you're immediately putting him back on the offensive, and then he could just take your machete and fuck off. Well, and not only that, but you're showing you're showing a rift in the tribe yeah, if you true. do that. You're showing yeah. that that there's potential issues there which people could possibly infiltrate. So. I think she made the right choice on being quiet. I just think that when he came over and he said, oh, I'm going to take your machete and they decided to start like bartering, they should have been like, all right, we'll be right back in a second and gone off to the side as a tribe, as a full team and talked and and talked about what they were going to give to him and all agree on it because they were all just standing right there in front of him. They couldn't really discuss it, you know, so. Their biggest issue was not, giving him a counter offer they didn't yeah. try to continue the negotiation they just took it out as oh he's not taking our machete okay good. we'll give you everything yeah. you yeah. want you now, know yeah. somebody raised an interesting point on twitter when um cody goes up into their um uh shelter and like makes the joke about kicking it down and everything um and he's looking like looking further in at their stuff yeah people are wondering if he was checking to see if their beads were gone to see if somebody had found oh. the idol from that tribe. I don't, I mean, Maybe. there's obviously no way to know one way or the other, but here's my question for you though. So Baca has the bigger fishing gear. They yes. also have the bigger toolkit, which is immaterial at this point, because what they don't know is Bessie already got the toolkit. Right. Do you, as Bessie, a tribe of four, go to Baca and take their larger fishing gear? Or is this all to basically knock Coco down a peg where they're still a full tribe and do whatever you can to kind of kick them while they're down? Strategy. So my opinion on it is, yes, it's the latter. And one of the biggest detriments in team activities is morale. And if morale is low, you're going to get low performance. Yeah. And by them taking, you know, these things from them, it already gives them a lower morale for finishing last. And it seems kind of like a reoccurring theme through this episode. Well, and it was it was almost immediate because as soon as he left the beach, like the camera pans across everybody's faces as they're watching him, you know, drive off in this boat with all this shit they just gave to him. And like you can see it on, you know, obviously Carla has her makes her comment in her confessional about how she's like, I'm just sitting here thinking and I feel like we got played. And then like you see like Cassidy's face, you know what I mean? And it's they just look depleted in the moment. And even Cassidy talks about she's like, we just gave him so much of our food. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you guys did. And so, again, it goes kind of back to the more the morale thing is like. They're feeling down and depleted at this moment. They just got played by another tribe and it's their own damn fault that they got played because yep. they offered all of that shit, you know? So it's going to be interesting. Bro, you're from Idaho. Calm down. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's also like, I think you see it in the immunity challenge when they want to help a certain team out. It's like, they're just trying to take down that full tribe. 
is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if that full tribe goes to merge, they're You're fucked. Screwed. Yeah. That's the thing, though, man. Like, it's it's risky because you can either have a tribe, like a full tribe, that's like super tight and just rocks it through the merge and just picks off the other two tribes and just goes to town. Or you have people who have never been to tribal and you kind of see it in this episode where you've never been. So the only time that you've really talked to any strong alliance would be like when you first hit the beach day one and two, and then you've never had to re-solidify yourself with anyone because you've never had to go. So if you hit that at the merge, when you've got unrest and the other two tribes can see it and they're on the beach with you, then that could be dicey. But I mean, by the same token, you can put on a brave face and you can hammer out the first couple of votes and then the other two tribes combined can't touch you. Yeah. They weren't yeah. on Danny season, weren't they a full tribe? But the they merge? were until um until Sydney got got by the um the hourglass twist and then her yeah. door died didn't work. Or shot in the dark didn't work. Um, right. But so, yeah, she was safe and then she was out. Yeah. So two two to two to three of that tribe made it to final three with Yeah, Heather I was gonna say two of the two of the three, and then I mean final four would have been three of the four and four of the five. So they did pretty well as a tribe, like as a whole, but they did lose a lose a few along the way. So back to forty three, um, <laughs> we hop into the immunity challenge next. And this one was actually kind of interesting. I liked this challenge. So the tribes all race to knock off a series of really heavy sandbags off of like a beam. And then they have to go over the beam. Um, But somewhere hidden in these sandbags, like in between the sandbags, is a ring of keys that they need to find. Then they use those keys to unlock a net and drag four really large puzzle pieces underneath the net to the other side. Once all four pieces are through, you can start untying the bag and then you arrange your pieces in a in the shape of a square. Once that's finished, you then have to carry all of these ginormous puzzle pieces up a cargo net to another platform. And up there, you have to use the same pieces to form a triangle. The first two tribes to do this uh, successfully will win immunity. And obviously, the, the last one will go to tribal. I'm shit at these puzzles. Dude, I would have had I I would have had so much fun. I love these puzzles. <laughs> um, I would not be helping the tribe in that moment. You're not one of you're not one of the two working on it. <laughs> no. I'm the one I would be the gabler in this situation who Owen just continually tells to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. You gotta um, try something different. Thanks, bro. I'm, thanks, Professor. Do you have any other insight? Yeah. Right? I know. That was so great. So Coco sits out Cassidy and Gio and Baca sits out Janine, you know, and then obviously the tribes take off. Baca ends up finding their key first. And then it seemed like Vessi and Coco found their key like just about at the same time. But this was, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier. Ryan really struggles getting this lock unlocked with these keys. And it seems like there's numerous keys on there. Obviously, only one goes to the lock. And so he's flipping through them all. But, you know, he's really struggling to get it, uh, get it unlocked. And so this gives Vessi a really big opportunity and they end up taking the lead. They get their cargo net unlocked. They start dragging their puzzle pieces through. But one of the things that I noticed was all three tribes had different tactics for getting underneath this cargo net. So Cody 
just races through with his piece and gets his piece to the other side. And then he comes back from the backside and he starts helping pull the puzzle pieces forward, you know, that way. Baka, they all just, everybody grabs a piece and you fucking, everybody for themselves pretty much. And then Coco, once Ryan actually gets the thing unlocked, three of them head up and then Ryan just kind of stands in the back behind them, like lifting the cargo net up. I yeah, wasn't I f- really sure how useful this was. I but- feel like he lifted it up be- also because he's tallest. If he lifts yeah. it up, then there's going to be more clearance without having to push the net while you're going. And then he right. can come through with the last piece. But I don't know how effective it was in the long run. Like the I- in principle, it's a great plan. But in practice, I don't because we didn't see it really. I don't know how well it worked. I agree. Yeah. And that that's kind of what I, I just don't know how effective that approach was. But Co- uh, Vessi's approach, what Cody did actually, you know, ends up paying off and they get their puzzle pieces through pretty, you know, first at Coco's like right on their ass. But um, Urbaca, I mean, is right on their ass. But they, but Vessi ends up getting their pieces through first and, you know, they start untying their bags and stuff. And I about lost my shit at this moment <laughs> because Jeff is, you know, doing his commentary thing. And he says, Dwight is moving about as slow as possible while still moving. And he, and Dwight turns to him and he goes, thanks, Jeffrey. I was like, oh my God, dude. The shade. <laughs> there have been maybe three oh other God. players that have called Jeff Jeffrey in moments Jeffrey. like that. Like, and you know that that was like, that was the... Anger yeah. coming out in that moment, <laughs> but still being respectful. Just thanks, Jeffrey. Like <laughs> that was his way of saying "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. But um, interesting. Interestingly enough, Baca ends up getting their square formed. Uh, you know, first, and as it's like coming to completion, this is where Gabler starts yelling out. He's like, "Yes, that's it. That's it." And then, like, all the other tribes, like, start turning to look at him. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, the rest of his team are like, shut up, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love that but, as um, they finish it, every single team, as soon as Jeff says, yeah, they just, like, bowl through it to knock it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did not want anybody else to see it. Um, And they do. They get it done first. They start heading up the cargo net. And I liked how they worked on this cargo net. They did like almost like a ladder and just kind of passed it on up. You know, I thought that was a really smart way to go about it. And then right behind them, Vessi gets their square done. They start heading up and, uh, you know, they get up there and then eventually Coco gets up there too. And so everybody's working on the triangle. It like could literally go any way. Just flipping the pieces around. Fucking Vessi gets that triangle built and they end up winning the damn immunity. I just, I gotta say like, I know you could kind of, uh, you still feel the tension to an extent, but for like Noel, like not being able to physically feel a cargo net, you know what yeah. I mean? And still getting yeah. up there. It's really, it's impressive. Dude, she's, she's impressive. Yeah, she's like I, I'm super impressed with her. I thought I was going to like her and you know, that was part of the reason I drafted her. I think I drafted her like second or something yeah. like that, but. I had a feeling I was going to like her and I'm like, the more I watch her, I'm like, yes, I really like this girl. And as much flack as I'm seeing about it online, I liked this part where she all of a sudden just starts helping Baca and telling yeah. them where to put their pieces, trying to ensure that Same Coco goes to tribal. Yeah. And D- Dwight was helping too. Yeah. 
And it fucking works. Baca ends up taking second. Coco's going to tribal. Like, Vessi completely by, and I hate saying it this way because I really love NECA, but by getting rid of NECA, they made themselves so tight that they literally flipped this entire fucking game on its head in one fucking episode. Yeah, I think they got and to it was a point incredible. where by, by removing that fifth player, they got to a point where they knew that they couldn't survive if they lost one more. Because yeah, if you exactly. lose too many more players, um, for example, like Shan and Ricard, then you're going to get into a situation where it almost forces the merge because there's nothing else that can be done. Like if, if the two person tribe goes to tribal, then what happens? They draw rocks. Like exactly. There's only, they can only vote for each other. So their votes are canceled out. Yeah. So really they, they, like I said before, it's a super solid four, but I think that they just like had it in their mind that there was, that losing was not an option. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, absolutely. I'm glad Rick's back now because I just want to say, uh, football thing, Sammy hitting the gritty after they won. I do, a celebration. Bro. I was like, hell yeah, dude. The only thing that killed me is he's celebrating the fact that somebody helped them solve the yeah, puzzle. It's okay. Not that he actually did it, but that somebody told him how to do it. He's like, all right, let me get this it's dance right, in. Get hey, he's celebrating not can. going to tribal. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a win. It. It's a W. Like they said, a win is a win. Yeah, no facts. Owen was sassy this episode. He was. He was very sassy with a to few people. To the point people. where I wrote down, Owen is sassy this episode. And as soon as I wrote episode, Ellie goes, there's no need to be sassy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Ellie's on the case. Never mind. Right. <laughs> she's, she's on it. But anyway, yeah. So from here, we we head back to well, we go back to the Coco tribe. Obviously, they are going to tribal council. So, you know, obviously, we're going to go watch their deliberations pretty much. Um, but what I found interesting is right out the gate, as soon as they get back to 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 camp, Ryan lets them know that, you know, he wants to sit down and he wants to eat a meal as a happy family one more time before they start, you know, strategizing. Yeah. And then which I'm like, cool, you know, whatever. But like you still like need to start getting prepared to let somebody go. But I found it really interesting that he says this. And then it seems like almost immediately while they're building the fire, he starts strategizing with like the other guys. And like he's talking to James, and Gio. James and Gio about wanting to vote Cassidy out. And then they're like, you know, we'll we'll rope in Carla, blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, dude, you literally just said like moments ago that you wanted to have a meal and, you know, enjoy this last meal together yeah. before you start strategizing. <laughs> he was on it. <laughs> he did not waste no time. For my fantasy team, I thought Cassidy was in very hot water until the tribunal. Yeah. And then when Lindsay was. Yeah, until Lindsay was like, no one's talked to me. I was like, yes, no one talked to her. Screw her. Well, and, and that was what was really interesting was like, so Gio wanted, wants Cassidy out super bad. Cassidy wants Gio out super bad. But <laughs> Lindsay fucks everything up because she gets so damn paranoid about everybody else around her that it, it it becomes like a question with other people. Like nobody else was even questioning or thinking about Lindsay. I don't think her name was said at all. No, they were legit going for Gio. They were legit. Everybody was going for Gio. And even like Carla was, you know, she got talked to about voting for Cassidy by Ryan and, and James and Gio and all them. And 
She was like, oh, yeah, of course. But then she's like, Cassidy is not going home. Like, we're going to vote Geo. It's the easiest thing. And that was it. But then all of a sudden, like, Lindsay starts getting super paranoid. And then you start seeing, like, people talking about her potentially sending her home, you know. And I was just like, oh, my God, Lindsay, please don't do this to yourself. Like, you're good. You're good, dude. Hot tip right here for anybody that wants to play Survivor. Don't do what Lindsay fucking did before Tribal. Dude. Well, and here's my thing. So, like, there was that moment where, you know, she's talking to, like, Carla and James. And, you know, she's like, she says, if you're lying to me, I'm going to come for you. I'm going to hunt you down. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, bro, if they're lying to you, you're going home. You're not coming for anybody. So why are you going to make the situation worse by talking shit and being aggressive with people? that you're trying to convince to work with you and not send you home. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you doing? That's the thing that I was saying earlier about how, like, when you've got a tribe that's been so dominant and hasn't gone to tribal, when you have that first moment where you have to, all of the relationships that you've built immediately get called into question. And it's all yeah. about how you can how you can balance that and how you can pivot from it and mm-hmm. know that the friendships you've made and the relationships that you've built are enough to carry you through. Right. But again, if you, if you've made those relationships on like day one or two, as far as Alliance goes and the rest has just been getting to know your tribe as a whole, then yeah. that could be like, as you can see, that can be super tough because then you're not a hundred percent. Like you haven't had to go and vote somebody out with these people. So you don't a hundred percent know where everyone stands. And that, like, I think she figured it out when, like, she said it at Tribal about, like, when you're going back and solidifying your plan, if you solidify it too many times, then you actually end up sort of making the plan more unstable because you're the one that's continually solidifying. And I'm not sure if she figured it out too late for anything to be done about it. And then they had already, like gone to try like they were on their way to travel when she had her like oh shit moment or did she have that moment where it was the entire edit of her being super paranoid over the span of half an hour and then she kind of came down from it but everybody else who's in her alliance thought to themselves if she can flip this quick and go that far down that road is it something that we're going to be able to rely on later on? Well, exactly. And even like Carla and James are sitting there and they're talking about how dangerous and paranoia can be in this game. Yeah. And the thing that I find the, the not like funny, but like funny about this situation is that majority of like her paranoia, at least from what she was saying, like at tribal council and around camp and stuff seem to come from the fact that quote unquote, some people, AKA Ryan, weren't talking to her about what his plans were for the night, but she didn't go and approach him either. Yeah. And it literally, it felt like that, you know, that, that thing where like you have a friend and you, you don't want to text them cause you don't want to bother them and they're not texting you. And then all of a sudden you start getting mad, but you're both just not texting each other. Like neither yeah. one of you are making the effort. And I, it, it felt like that in this moment, like how are you going to be upset with Ryan for not even attempting to talk to you? When you also didn't attempt to talk to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? I think that's the thing with Survivor. Like each show has their own thing that makes it a little bit different. But with Star- Survivor, it is that paranoia. Because like, you know, Big Brother, you get a veto comp. 
a challenge, you get an elimination. So it's like, if they're coming for me, at least I have a chance to yeah. save right. myself. Yeah. A survivor, you have no chance if they're, yeah. you, you can't control They it. want you out, you're, you're out. out. Yeah, That's it. exactly. Boss and Rob on season 40, he, uh, he wouldn't let anyone leave camp. It was a tribe of him. I think it was him, Sophie, Adam, and Ben, and Sarah, I think. And he just like wouldn't let them leave camp. They sat around the campfire all day until they went to tribal and they weren't allowed to leave or anything like that. And he walked away for like half a second. And all of them were like, we're getting Rob out. And then that was it. Well, and I mean, it's it's a good it's a good approach ish. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's like smart to like force everybody to like stay there and make it all. Awkward, it, it doesn't work but- with an entire season of winners. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, moving into tribal council, that's actually one thing that James brought up about his plan when he got back to to camp was that he was like, I just chilled and was calm and just sat around the fire. I didn't want anyone feeling uneasy. I wanted my people to know that, you know, this is what it is. This is where I stand. And and that's it. I don't have a reason to sneak off and talk and whatever with every single person because I wanted to make my people feel secure. So I just stayed calm and hung out by the fire, like whatever, you know, and I was like, you know what, James, that's fucking smart, bro. At first, I thought it was really dumb because I was like, that's not how you strategize, James. But then I thought like I sat and thought about it for a second after he said it. I was like, no, actually, by showing that you're not going anywhere. And if at any point somebody's like, where's James? He's probably scrambling. And you're like, oh, no, he's same spot that he left him in half an hour ago. Then builds trust, you know? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. He's not going to pull a Brad and run down the beach and hide in a bush. <laughs> right. <laughs> However, I did not like Lindsay calling out Ryan under like in disguise almost. Like if you're going to call yeah. somebody out, just call him out. Like, hey, Ryan, why wouldn't you talk? Like instead of being like, well, some people like, no, bro, don't she do made that. him call That's- himself out. Yeah, like, come on, what is that? And if he hadn't raised his hand and said something, like, you know what I mean? It would have just been more. So, like, he was really in a bad situation. He kind of had to raise his hand and be like, well, it was me, and I didn't feel like we needed to talk. Like, I didn't think there was even a fucking question, you know? And he's also just, it was cringe. He is so cute. Like, when he was at Tribal, just like a huge ear to ear grin on his face talking to Jeff, like, I want him to be around for a long time. I I love him. I love him. I love Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I didn't take a whole lot of notes on the tribal council discussion. It was a lot because this was the first time that Coco yeah. had been to tribal with Jeff. Well, I mean, I know the one part that really stuck out to me in the tribal was when, oh, fuck, I almost called him Romeo. Um, it <laughs> Gio. was uh, Geo when he Romeo. was talking. Yeah, because he, to me, he's playing a very know, similar game to what uh, Romeo did in 42. Yeah. But he mentioned that how sitting up in tribal and Jeff feels like the disappointed parent, the parent. That, that took his <laughs> TV away. Yeah, yeah that like, was good. That I really was good. enjoyed that part. And Jeff played off on it very well, I thought. Um, but I don't know. I think. I think tribal was very, very short and less informative than most tribals where they everybody kind of puts in their two cents on how the tribe's going. Yeah, I think it was so straightforward that it just like, yeah. there wasn't a lot to like talk about. It was also very telling when Lindsay was talking about how she had like overcomplicated things and the entire tribe was nodding in agreement. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was just it was. It was a horrible, horrible game move. It's the equivalent of 
and I know it's probably sacrilegious to do this, but it was the equivalent of being on the challenge and saying, I'll go into elimination. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it was. Like, you literally. Know what I mean? And it's, it's hard like, to backpedal from, too, right? Like, once yeah, that train started going, you're going to be the easiest name to say. Like, it's going to be even easier than Geo because you're not going to piss off anyone. Whereas, like, Ryan and Geo are super tight. But, right. if, like, mm-hmm. even Ryan, who wasn't a part of that alliance, when Carla said, like, everything just kind of went crazy, Ryan's response was because of Lindsay. And I was like, yeah, OK, so Ryan's not even a part of the alliance, part of the conversation. But even he is aware of what impact she is having on the game. So, like, the writing was definitely on the wall. And I will say, speaking of writing, three of the four votes for her, I'm pretty sure have never written the name Lindsay down before in their lives <laughs> because the spelling was, the spelling was all over the map. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it it was nuts. And what the way the votes came out was uh, there's three for Lindsay, one for Cassidy, one for Geo. So obviously, Lindsay goes home. The look on her face when the first one hit was pretty good, but when the second vote for her came she in, knew it. oh, she you knew. you saw that stomach drop yeah. right to her ass and on that there's one. There's got to be nothing worse than Jeff saying, and the ex person voted off the island. It's just yeah. like when you know uh, when you've done the math. Yeah, at that point you know because you're the only name that's been said more than once. Yeah. So yeah. obviously it's you, you know. And I mean, and that's the thing is like. It sucks. I liked Lindsay from the beginning and I was like rooting for her. I actually thought she was going to do really good this season. But like and we've seen this so many times in Survivor. We've seen it in the challenge. When you're playing a competitive game like this, paranoia is infectious and it is a game killer. It is a total game killer, especially in Survivor. Because nobody wants to live out on that damn beach with your paranoid ass. Nobody. So I'm kind of reeling right now because my fantasy team has lost two people in consecutive weeks with NECA and now Lindsay. But I'm going to take the really positive attitude of its addition by subtraction. We're just building a stronger tribe to move forward with. Nice. Um, and I don't really see another four on anybody's team that can fuck with mine. (laughs) That's because I only have three. I I got five dogs. So squat up. Well, you two yeah, average out to four, so there we go. <laughs> well, I just want to, I guess, I ask Tony. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it just seems like Survivor seems like the optimal game for, like, if you get voted out and you feel some type of way to, like, just blow up people's spot. But in the short amount of Survivor I've watched, I've never seen anyone, like, get voted out and just be like, so-and-so and doing this, doing that. Does it happen? It's got to happen. It happens more in older seasons than it does in newer seasons. But I mean, Victoria, when she got voted out on her season, she turned around and said that Gavin had her vote. But the reason that she said that was so that people would take try to get rid of Gavin because they knew she had he had a locked jury vote. There have been people like that. And then there are some people that just absolutely just blow up everyone's spot. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Do that. It doesn't happen often, mostly because like you're kind of reeling from being voted out. Um, Tyson had once said that like when when he was on, I want to say it was his first season on Token Chains, he had said that like they asked him what would what would you do if you get voted out, and he's like, oh, I'd like knock my seat over and I'd like throw everyone's 
torch on the ground and like all this stuff. And then when he got voted out, he was so shocked that he just like got up, got his torch, had it snuffed and walked out. Yeah. And that's probably like what a, a lot of people probably have like big plans for when they get voted out. And it's like it's a little bit hinky, but in the moment you just kind of like you're like, oh, shit, they got me good. Still say still and obviously this is a very short viewing time that i'm pulling from but my favorite thus far is still when drea got eliminated last year yeah yeah that um, was that was good yeah and because she got blindsided and she fucking laughed and she's like you guys fucking got me and like she was so appreciative of it because she's such a fan of the game so i i really enjoyed that those are the ones that i really like i also really liked um so we've got a double michaela mention so when jay blindsided michaela and she just like whips around sitting at tribal and she's like yeah did you do this and he goes yeah i did and just like yeah, that, was me. that moment but then also people like a lot of people have said like has any have tribes ever helped each other before in this way and she did on millennials versus gen xers when they split into three tribes and mm-hmm. there is one tribe that the um the millennials were shorthanded so there are more gen xers and she was helping yep. them and wasn't helping the other tribe at all. And Jeff said to her, she's like, so why was it that you were so vocal helping these guys? And she's like, well, they're like, it's this person and this person are on that tribe. And if they lose then they go to tribal and he's like, well, what about these people on that tribe? And her response was, there's more of them than there are of the Gen Xers. And if they can't figure that out, then they deserve to go home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I love that moment too. But, so, I was going to say, before we get into uh, fantasy for survivors, should we do the MVPs for this episode? Yeah, let's do MVPs and then we'll close out with fantasy. I've been doing like, are we doing MVPs or winner picks? I don't know. My winner, my winner picks are pretty much the same still. Do you have any changes to who you think's going to win? I don't even remember who I picked <laughs> last time, well, to be honest. You, who do you think's going to win? Out of right now? Yeah. Carla's playing the strongest game. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Carla moved. Carla. And Owen moved up to like strong contenders. Mm. So I've got Carla, Jesse, Noel, Ryan, and Owen circling the top for like a winner pick. I, I think cons- that's strong. I considered moving Owen up, but then I was like, dude, he's just, I don't know. I, I, there's something about him that's just not sitting right with me. I don't know if it's the sassiness and we're seeing it more and more and more. I feel like he's going to get under people's skin and um, that might be a problem for him moving forward. I think that he's safe for the next like couple of times that Baca goes because right now he's right in the middle because Ellie's going to gun for Gabler and think that she has Owen and Gabler's yeah. going to gun for Ellie and think that she has Owen or think that he has Owen. Yeah. But then I don't know what happens after that. <laughs> what you think? What you think, Corey? Winter picks. Just looking at my uh, list here, uh, Owen, Cody, Cassidy, Mike, and Ellie. Oh, man, they're all on my fantasy squad. <laughs> all the people on my team. That's who I think is going uh, yeah, to win. Yeah, that's crazy, except minus Gabler. Uh, right? Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way in hell Gabler is winning this shit. <laughs> minus Gabler. No, 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 definitely not. Unless, unless those uh palm fronds really become a hit in the next couple episodes <laughs> yeah i yeah, know i'm i'm still really feeling uh carla uh, carla i almost yeah. i don't know why i almost called her carly i think i think uh i think jesse and dwight i really think uh, yeah if they yeah. stick together through it all i think they can go very far i think i think it's more jesse and uh, uh cody 
is going to be the no, Cody's going to rub him wrong one way, one time. Cody's a Cody's an energy that's hard to put up with every single day. I think Cody's going to make merge. Yeah. But I think he's going to annoy the other tribes because his tribe has spent, you know, X amount of time with yeah. him living on this beach. They're used to him and they didn't really have a choice because they have to stay strong together as a tribe kind of thing, you know. But when you start involving other people who don't know you and it's directly into gameplay, there's no real like time to chill. I think it's going to be a problem for him. And I was going to say, and I mean, it was the whole tribe, but it was him personally that finessed that tribe out of getting all their stuff. So they feel some stuff already. I just I just feel like he's going to be tough to get out when they get to individual immunities. Yeah, he's going to be a hard one to beat. So like if he was going to go, it'd have to be pre merge. I think he gets pretty close to final three. He's going to be one of those guys who's just like randomly good at all the like the individual immunities. Yeah, that's just the feeling I get. But I I could be completely off base on that, too. So I mean, as far as MVP for the episode, Noel, hands down. Okay. From from the negotiating with Jeff to the deciding to further decimate Coco by actively helping Baca and for really kind of bringing the team together as soon as they hit the beach again after Neko was gone and doing what she could to sort of fill that space that was left by Neko in regards to Jesse and Cody. Uh, I mean, I'll give it to Cody just for what I said. He went. And did the little blocks, he threw it and then walked the blocks over. And then just when he went to the other tribe and said, give me that machete. And they're like, no, no, no. And then gave him way more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we're doing MVPs, I've I've got Cody with an honorable mention to Noel. I think they both played like really big parts in setting up this episode to flip the tables on Coco. Um, And I think that they both kind of in a way deserve, you know, recognition for the parts that they played with that. So uh, I agree with everything you just said, Karina, uh, and those are mine as well. Uh, The only thing, a caveat I'm going to throw out to that is it's really hard for me not to give some props to James and Carla, because I feel like those two are really, really powerful dynamic. Yeah. And I think it was really on display this episode on how much they really control how that tribe flows. Especially if you look at it on the back of last week's episode with Carla being able to finesse those beads so easily. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, fantasy. Yeah. Let's get into fantasy. So, um, last week we were at Corey with 81, Rick 66, me with 50 and Karina with 45. This week, Corey picked up eight confessional points. Vessi won a reward for two points. Um, both Vessi and Baca won immunity for eight points. And um, uh, who is it? Cassidy voted for the right person to be eliminated for a total of 20 points altogether. Rick, you got seven points for confessionals. Um, picked up two points for the reward challenge, four points for the immunity challenge. And uh, you unfortunately did not get any points for the votes because we had geo who was going for cassidy and then Lindsay who was going for geo um so you got 13 on that one karina um it was a light week for you uh you got two points you got one from ryan one from james none from noel but you picked up two points for the reward 
two for the immunity, and then you got four points for the correct votes for a total of 10. I didn't do a whole lot better than you. I got five points. Uh, Janine was, once again, not present for the episode. And Vessi winning reward, I got two points. Immunity got four. And then vote for the eliminated player, I got one for 13, which means Corey has officially hit triple digits with 101. Rick is with 79. I've got 63, and Karina is 55. Nice. Sweet shit. All so right. When we get into the merge is when you're going to see a lot more movement with points. Yeah. Um, and also, like, now that we've got reward and immunity, we're going to be banking points on those as well. It just depends yeah. on how your tribes fall. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't want to hear right. about the merge. I'm the greatest there is. It's plain and simple. I piss when I wake up in the, yeah, yeah, when I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Guys, um, you know, this is back to back weeks where we've had long run episodes. Um, I think next week we'll get more into a flow and schedule of doing both of these and, and not having a 90 minute challenge episode next week should help. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially with not having to go over as much conversation as we did this week with yeah. introductions and everything. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, like Thank you guys for coming on tonight and, you know, giving us your thoughts on everything. Um, it's always good to hear your guys' impressions as far as what you're seeing compared to what we're interpreting. Um, and it gives us a good perspective. As far as everybody listening, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. If you get a chance, make sure you rate us five stars uh, and leave us a positive review. Maybe tell a friend about it if they like the challenge. They might enjoy us as well. If they hate us or <laughs> laughs, tough shit. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> with that being said, that's pretty much all we got for tonight. Um, make sure you stay tuned because uh, probably about a day or two after this episode comes out, we're going to have our Challengers Unplugged Beyond the Edit with Challenge USA champion Danny McRae, which is a fire episode. We go in depth Heck on yeah. Survivor Love and man. the challenge. You guys are going to get some answers that you're really going to want to hear. Uh, and then after that, we've got another trash talk roundtable next Saturday coming out next Saturday or Sunday. And then uh, not too sure about interviews after that, but we got some more coming for you. We'll let you know how they drop. Otherwise, make sure you're following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, come join our Facebook groups. Join in on the discussion. And uh, did I miss anything? No, nah, I think you hit everything. I think that's Fuck, it, man. Wow, look at you, man. Can't do an intro, but outro I got tonight. <laughs> so for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, Corey, our Raging Cajun Viator, Tony, Stats, Info, and Survivor Expert, Lance. <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We appreciate you taking some time and spending it with us. We know you have a lot of choices out there. Um, and if there's something we haven't gone over, you want us to go over, like I said, hit us up on our socials. We'd be happy to do that. And uh, otherwise, be good to each other. Love y'all. Bye. Later. Deuce, deuce. Bye.